What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Do you owe taxes to the IRS? The IRS has a fresh start program you might qualify for. The business master, John Atwood, is America's trusted tax specialist. The business master handles tax relief cases nationwide. Call 877-364-1444 and visit www.businessmasteratwood.com. What's up, Buffalo Fanatics? Josh Allen here. Just wanted to say uh, go Bills. What up? <laughs> Z-Bot here with you. Live Buffalo Fanatics YouTube channel. Tuesday night in replace of Monday because we wasted our time on a Monday night in replace of the traditional time slot where the smoke break typically takes place. Good to have you in. Fresh off one of the most embarrassing losses this Buffalo Bills franchise has had in some time. Stop me if you've heard me say that before. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Uh, where to begin tonight? I don't know. Bear with me. We will get through it all. A couple of quick notes right off the bat. I like to let everybody know in situations like these right off the bat. Tonight, if you're looking to feel better about last night, you're looking to get your hand held and walk into the sunset, which is the rest of the season, feeling good about yourself. Unfortunately, this is not going to be the place for you tonight. I understand people who are looking for that type of outlet, and I like to get that out of the way right off the bat because I got nothing for you tonight. That's not that's not what's happening here. Because uh, if you got anything positive to take away outside of a couple personal accolades from certain players last night whatever i'm not going to really get into that much because i frankly don't care right now um if you're looking for that though i'm sure you can find it you're not going to find it here tonight way too much on my mind to even bother talking about what i found positive out of that game because if if there was anything positive to take away it is overshadowed by the vast amount of negatives that we witnessed on the field last night in one of the most embarrassing losses i will say it again that this buffalo bills franchise has had in recent memory and there is a litany of them this is the first time i have talked about this game in going on 24 hours i've, I've barely spoken it took me at least two hours after the game to speak. It's funny. My dad and I, of course, we went to the game. I'll talk about that because of, you know, why not pay a thousand dollars and witness that in person? Why not? You know, why not do that? It's funny though. Afterwards, my dad's the kind of guy where he'll just say what's on his mind and I just can't speak. I'm numb. Uh, and we sat in the stadium afterwards until somebody had to kick us out. You know, I'll give you an accurate representation here because I got visuals. I'll give you an accurate representation of kind of where I was last night in regard to where I was prior to the game. And then, of course, where I was afterwards, because as you know, going into this game, this is the most hype a lot of us have been going into a season in some time. And not necessarily just because of the season itself, but because of this opening game and the hype around it. This was the most hype opening game I can remember in forever, not just for the Buffalo Bills, but in general. The Aaron Rodgers story, of course, 
Buffalo Bills coming off of an embarrassing loss in the playoffs last year, a year in which they were favored to win the Super Bowl. The hype had never been higher. What were we going to see from them right out of the gates? How are they going to right the wrongs of last year? It's 9-11. It's in New York. Dalvin Cook versus James Cook. The Jets coming off a of hard knocks. How are they going to look with this brand new team? The Buffalo Bills now being questioned as the AFC East favorites. Are they going to be able to maintain the status of being the best team in the AFC East? The list goes on and on. The hype was out of this world and because of that right because of the hype we were just beyond stoked for this game everybody was if, even if you weren't a bills fan you were excited for this game how could you not be right and what we witnessed was not only one of the poorer performances the bills have had in some time one of the poor performances the Bills have had easily with Josh Allen. But if you're a non-Bills fan, if you're a non-Jets fan, that was also just a god-awful game. That game sucked. That game sucked. It was borderline unwatchable for, for two quarters. I can't pull them up on my computer because, of course, it's being an absolute asshole right now on my computer. But let's just show them on the phone, I guess. Because I have them here. Here we are before the game, right? Look at got the rainbow in the back. Look at we're cheesing. Look at look at look at Papa Bell's pearly whites here. I mean, we're just having the time of our life. By the way, not to overshadow what happened before the game. Had a great time. Met up with all the AFC East roundtable guys. Was so great meeting them. Met TD. Met Master at Work. My main man, Dan Mitchell. Richie from New York Jets Media, who I'm sure is having a weird day today because he doesn't know how to feel. Probably feels real good about the win. Real shit about everything else. Uh, but met up with all those guys. They were great. Met up with a bunch of you guys from Twitter, which was awesome. Uh, got to put some faces to some names, which was always cool. And the vibes were great. Everybody was hyped up. Everybody was pumped. Couldn't wait to get in there and get after it. And it resulted in that. It, that's what it resulted in. There's me and dad. We go from the rainbow in the background and the big smiles to sitting in an empty MetLife stadium, borderline on the verge of tears, numb as can be, not being able to move and eventually having to get kicked out of the stadium by the uh, security personnel who said we're clearing the place out. Now, granted, he thought he had a funny one. This guy walks up to us. He goes, Hope you're not driving back to Buffalo tonight. <laughs> oh, you got us. Woo! Thank God I wasn't. Quick drive back to Stanford, Connecticut, which felt like four hours. The highlight of the night, of course, was after the game where dad and I went and spent about 50 bucks on Taco Bell to try to drown our feelings in uh, cheesy gordita crunches. That's what last night was. I have to wait six months for the Buffalo Bills to take the field. Okay. In the highlight of the night, in one of the biggest games of the year, a game that I went to, by the way, the highlight of the night, think about it. I'm going to the game. Stoked about it. We're there. The highlight of my night is spending $45 on Taco Bell afterwards. That's when you know the night was Dog shit. Caroline, as Caroline will say, though, the grilled cheese burrito, if you haven't had it from Taco Bell, I highly recommend it. It's absolutely phenomenal. Um, even that can almost make you for a slight second forget about what we just saw on display uh, yesterday. So, uh, like I said, I haven't spoke about this. You can tell I'm fired up. You knew I'd be fired up. I always am after these, and you can always tell 
just based on the numbers and the, you know, and people jumping in, everyone loves tuning in after the yell. And I can't blame you after this one because we deserve to get those wounds licked up. We deserve, I don't even know what that meant. I don't even know what the hell I just said. What I mean to say is we deserve everything coming to us as Bills fans. We deserve it all. When you look online, and I, frankly, I've avoided everything, which sucks, by the way, because I work at my computer all day long. I have sports radio on all day. I love it. It keeps me sane. From 9 a.m. in the morning till about 8 p.m. at night, I work a lot. And all day long, I have a podcast or sports radio on for at least Almost 12 hours a day. It keeps me sane. I love it. It relaxes me. I also love listening to the guys. Nothing today. Nothing. Couldn't listen to a damn thing. No TV, no social media, no radio. This is what sucks the most about this, is you just can't even stomach having to listen to it. But I would imagine what was out there today was absolutely uh, disgusting to the stomach as a Bills fan, but 100% deserved. So when you do go online eventually and you do see that the Bills and everybody's power rankings are either number 10 or outside of the top 10, just know after last night that as of right now, in this current moment, because those are always rolling over, it's not determined on based on what's going on the rest of the season, whatever, based on last night, did the Buffalo Bills look like a top 10 NFL team to you? Absolutely not. Now, I understand. I'll get this out of the way because everybody's going to want their excuses, right? I understand Joe Burrow just played one of the worst games an NFL quarterback has ever played, much less a quarterback who just got a contract that made him the highest-paid quarterback in the National Football League. I understand that. I get it. Terrible. I understand Patrick Mahomes, despite not having Travis Kelsey, he did not look very good. A lot of drops out there. Kadarius Tony, one of the worst wide receiver performances in, in a very long time at, at any level. I understand all of that. Still, Mahomes did not look his best at all. Kenny Pickett, who was supposed to be everybody's darling going into this season, he looked like me out there, and that's putting it uh, kindly. That brutal, horrendous. That Steelers performance, I mean, at least that, whatever the Bills did last night, at least it wasn't the Steelers and the Bengals. I will say that. I will say that at least it was tight till the end and you felt like you had a chance because the Bengals and the Steelers sure as hell didn't. The reason I put the Steelers into that pantheon there is because if you listen to anything over the last two, three weeks here, it's all the Steelers are this, the Steelers are that, you know, they look great in the preseason, put them in the Super Bowl. So when the Steelers come out and get their absolute ass ripped off their backside against San Francisco, who looks like they might not lose a game this year, um, you know, that, that was in, in, Odd to watch, I guess you could say. Another thing, too, is when you do watch a game like that and you watch the San Francisco 49ers, a a, a team in which cannot figure out the quarterback position to save their life, they have now wasted how many first-round picks on quarterbacks. They look like by far and away, not even remotely close, the best team in the NFL by a wide margin. You could put the Cowboys in there if you want. I don't think it's close, though, because not only do they have the best defense in the league, but Brock Purdy arguably looked like the best quarterback in the entire league this this weekend. Oh, besides Tua Tungabailoa who was unarguably the best quarterback in the AFC East this past weekend by a long shot, a wide margin, massively. And Mac Jones was second, and Zach Wilson was third. The last time we saw these Buffalo Bills on a football field was, what, six months ago. It was two games back-to-back, both at home. In two of the worst 
just uninspired performances that this team has had under Josh Allen and Sean McDermott. A Miami Dolphins victory in the playoffs that was undeserved against a backup quarterback, but hey, at least they beat the backup quarterback. And then the following week, they just didn't get off the bus. They didn't show up. They didn't do a damn thing, and they got rolled by the Bengals. That's the last time we saw these Buffalo Bills. And you had to sit on that for six months. And what did we do? What did we do for this amount of time? We swallowed those L's. We licked our wounds for a bit there. We understood that was terrible. But we've also seen greatness from this team. And as time went on, as time went on throughout the offseason, we put those bangles in the rear view. We put that performance in the rear view and we started to hype ourselves up again, right? Dalton Kincaid, Von Miller is going to be healthy at some point. A healthy Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer, a healthy Tredavious White. Josh Allen's telling us this is the most inspired he's been in his entire life. He's ready to play the best football he's ever played. And all of a sudden, we're forgetting that Bengals game a little bit. We're moving forward. All of a sudden, the New York Jets have Aaron Rodgers that game's week one. Oh, we are ready to rock now we're dead focused so let's figure out in our minds here what we've had to go through for the last six months from the end of last season till now and how it all remained the exact same everything remained the exact same because the bills we saw on the field last night were the exact same Buffalo bills that we saw on the field against the Miami Dolphins in the wild card round and the Cincinnati Bengals in the divisional round arguably a bit worse The last time we saw these Buffalo Bills, they delivered one of the most uninspired performances a team could possibly have in a situation of that magnitude in the divisional round against the Cincinnati Bengals. We go this amount of time, and we are thinking there's no way they can possibly display that type of football again, especially in week one, a game in which is this big. It is a divisional game. It is Monday Night Football. It is standalone. The ratings, I haven't even looked. I can't imagine they weren't anything other than massive. It was going to be huge. Everything about this game was huge. And like I mentioned at the top of the show, even if you weren't a Bills or a Jets fan, you were stoked for this game. How could you not be? You got Josh Allen. You got Aaron Rodgers. You got all the things I mentioned earlier. I'm not going to go over it again. You all, Everybody knows by now. Everybody knows. And they go out and do the exact same thing. I... I We're going to have to have a lot of tough conversations tonight. It's, it's the unfortunate reality of what we witnessed last night. And it's not just last night, by the way. It's not. It's not. This, this started. I got to turn the fan on. I'm going to have a heart attack. It, 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 this started what? At, at, at around the second half of the Green Bay Packers game last year, Sunday Night Football where it just nothing, I can't describe it worth a damn. I've tried on here with you guys a million times. I can't describe it. Yes, they went 13 and three, but none of it, it just, the second half of the season, it just felt so weird. It felt like something was off. And then, and then for us, it was easy to say, right? It was easy to say, well, the DeMar Hamlin situation happened. And then you had all the outside factors. You had the weather situations, the tops uh, tragedy, like all these things, right? And so you're thinking to yourself, okay, we have, we have legitimate excuses here. We really do. And it was easy to just say, maybe it was because of all that. They, they kind of burnt out towards the end. And hey, if I was in those shoes, maybe I would have done the same. That, it was easy to relate, I guess, because of all the absolute terrible crap they had to go through last year. Where's the excuse for last night? There ain't one. 
There isn't one. And then it makes you start questioning everything. Because if it's the same last night as it's been, probably the last three, four times we've seen them, maybe more, depending on how closely you're looking into it, then there, there, there's, there's other factors at hand here than just finding these outside excuses. Um, do we want to talk about the biggest I- issue at hand uh, off the top here? Uh, and get and, and just get let's let's just let's just do that. Let's just do that. Um, you know me. I, I have been fair. I have been fair in my criticisms of Josh Allen. I have never once backed down from giving him fair share of blame when necessary. There are people out there, plenty of people, who are unwilling to put a ounce of blame on number 17. And I understand why. Let me explain. He is the savior. He is the franchise. He is the guy who the Bills fan base was waiting for, if you're like me, your entire life. And I understand when somebody like that comes along, it is very tough to get down on the guy who's already given you more than you could have hoped for based on what you had had the 20 years prior. Doesn't that make sense? When you go through 20 years of Trent Edwards and J.P. Lossman and E.J. Manuel, and the list goes on and on and on and on and on. When you do get a Josh Allen, you almost sit back and you just say, well, I'm thankful we have him. Even though this happened and this happened and this pick happened and this loss happened and this hero ball happened, you, you, you just kind of write it off. And I, got, I, got, I, I understand it. I do. It is very hard. It's almost, like, it's almost like that old saying where it's saying beggars can't be choosers, right? You've been begging for a great quarterback all along. You finally get one. Now it's tough to start nitpicking all the things. I do understand it. But let's face the reality. The Josh Allen-led Buffalo Bills last night are 0-1. They lose that game last night solely because of Josh Allen's performance. Josh Allen gave that game to the New York Jets unarguably. The only way the Buffalo Bills lose to a Zach Wilson-led New York Jets with a already gifted 10-point lead going into half with Aaron Rodgers in the locker room is if you hand them the game, and that is exactly what number 17 did, and I don't understand why. None of it made any sense. None of it. None of it made sense. What was he doing? I don't get it. I don't get it. Every one of those interceptions made absolutely no sense. There were two interceptions going towards the end zone where he just threw it up in the air like it was fourth and 20 with a second left in that game, and they're down by six. That is what those picks were. The third and two pick, I've... That is one of the worst throws I have seen in some time, man. What was he thinking? Why? Why, 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 why? Stephon Diggs was uncovered. Dalton Kincaid, who you draft to be the guy who is in the slot position, in the short yardage position to move the chains like Cole Beasley did because ever since Cole Beasley has been gone, everyone's saying, well, Josh doesn't have his safety blanket, so he's got to go deep or it doesn't, you know, whatever. He was wide open. Third and two. And he throws it into into triple coverage.
all three of those interceptions last night. It wasn't. I understand. Like, like let's let's go back to Thursday night last week. Right, Patrick Mahomes pick six against the Lions. That ball is in Kadarius Tony's hands, and he tips it up in the air. It's picked off by the Lions. Touchdown. That ain't on Patrick Mahomes. All three of those picks yesterday were egregious. They were. They were just. They're they're, they're leaving me where I'm at right now. It's so inexcusable. You can't define it. Those are three throws you make on a desperation play where you either have to move the, the sticks or the game's over. And in all three situations, that was not even close to the case. They just had to hold on to the lead. All That's all they had to do. And on top of those three interceptions, Josh Allen fumbles. And this is, this is what I can't even understand about this play. He, he fumbled it twice. Twice on the same play. He fumbles the snap. He picks up the snap, and he fumbles it again. The Buffalo Bills turn the ball over all four times. But because of Josh Allen and, and Josh Allen alone, the Buffalo Bills turn the ball over four times. But it wasn't the Buffalo Bills. It, Josh Allen turned the ball over four times in a moment. And this is what I don't understand. All offseason long, all of this, right? All offseason long, you get in the doubt, right? You're, you're getting the doubt on the Bills. Everybody else is starting to rise up. Everybody's told him, Paul, while the Bills are dropping down, right? Josh Allen's taking a lot of heat for the way the year ended last year. He's telling us he's never been more locked in. And then in a moment on a Monday night game where you know in the bright lights, that's typically where Josh Allen plays his best football. We've seen some of the best football from Josh Allen uh, in his career in primetime games. and. I, 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 that has to be far and away. I don't even know if there's a close second. That has to be far and away the worst that he has looked, not only in the primetime position, but, but, but really like in, in general. In general. Let's address this right off the bat. And I'm not trying to call anybody out, and I won't. I'm just seeing a bunch of this. Okay. I'm seeing a lot of people saying it's, it's week one, relax. I am so done with that. It's unbelievable. I'm so done with that narrative. Everybody's bringing up the, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers game a couple of years ago. Do you understand that that game was a one o'clock game where the Bills just seemed to be caught off guard by a Pittsburgh Steelers team that had Ben Roethlisberger playing inspired ball in his last year, and they're just one of those teams that always seems to bite you in the ass, okay? That was a different situation. This is a Monday night football game that has been hyped up for months. You know exactly what you're getting into. It's a division rival that you know exactly how to coach against, right? You're in a position where you are the standalone game. And out of all of that, what happens in the middle of the game? You are gifted. I mean, I hate to say it like this, but it's the reality. The reason that game was what it was is because of the Aaron Rodgers-Josh Allen showdown. Aaron Rodgers went down on the first series it is josh allen versus zach wilson under the bright lights and zach wilson outperformed him yes that is the truth in year six one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the league josh now has numerous numerous national media commercials he is one of the biggest players most prominent players in the world right now at any sport 
and he got outplayed by, by Zach Wilson under the bright lights on Monday Night Football. The narrative today has been that Josh Allen needs to grow up, and that is dead on. What he did last night was inexcusable. For a quarterback in year six, with the contract that he's going to be getting paid out starting next year, with the status in which he's reached both within the league and nationally. Last night, I under, listen, don't get me wrong. I understand bad games. Everybody has them. I'm not, I'm not asking for perfection out of Josh Allen, because if we ask for that, we're never going to get a great Josh Allen. You know that I've said this a million times. We take the good with the bad with Josh Allen. Last night was all bad with a mix of a couple of good flashes here and there, guys. I mean, you got to be honest with yourself. This isn't rookie year, Josh Allen, and you got to stop pretending like it's okay every time he does this and he just says, I got to be better. This loss is on me. That's fine. Year one, year two, hell, year even, even year three. Guys, we're in year six here in a Super Bowl window that is closing rapidly. How many times are you just going to say, ah, well, he put, he, he, you know, he took, he took accountability and he put the blame on himself and um, we'll get him next time. I mean, I'm sorry, man, but I'm, I'm, I'm like kind of done with that. I'm done with it because this is as good of an opportunity as the Bills have had in so long. And it just feels like moments like last night, you are just handing it away. You are handing it away. And the way, like just last night in, in particular here, back to the, you know, having bad games. I understand bad games. Last night, it, it wasn't a bad game. It was unfathomable. There are quarterbacks in this league who would never have made those mistakes just based on the fact that the way that he was throwing the ball was just, it, it was simply mind-boggling. It made no sense. Every time you saw those balls get released that ended up getting picked off, right as the ball got released, you're thinking to yourself, what, what, are, what are we doing? What are we doing? Picked off. And, and, and I understand having a bad throw. Oh, Josh, what were you thinking on that one? Three times and a fumble on top of it? In a one-score game, like all game long, where all you have to do is just hold serve until you can get out of there and then figure it out next week? I mean, don't, and this is the other thing. Do people get this twisted? You can say both of these things. Josh Allen is still one of the best athletes in this league. He's one of the most fascinating players on the planet to watch at any sport. Both things can be true, but at the same time, guys, last night was as bad as it can possibly get by the quarterback at, at any it, at any stature. That was unbearably bad. It was so bad. And let's just let's get down to brass tacks here. Do the Bills lose that game if Josh Allen turns the ball over four times? Not a shot in hell. There's no way. How would they do it? How would they lose? I can't think of another way. I understand that the Bills' defense against the run was not particularly great at all, and it just feels like every time the Bills play a good run team, there's going to be two or three plays where they just gash you for 50-plus yards. That just seems inevitable, right? But at the same time, this is a Buffalo Bills defense last night that allowed 16 points in addition to having four turnovers that they had to fend off. I thought the defense for the better part, for the better part of the entire game last night looked pretty damn good. Um, you know, I, if you want a silver lining, I, I mean, Matt Milano is just un, uh, unbelievable. I, I, I never get enough of watching that guy. He is, he, I think he might be the best player, one of the best players in this entire team. Uh, truly, they, he is just absurd. He is involved in every play. 
I don't know. He's involved in every play. I just, I, I think he embodies Buffalo Bills football. I love him to death. Thought the defense in general just played well. I mean, if we're talking about the touchdown to Garrett Wilson, go back and watch the replay if you thought that was poorly defended. Because, you know, in typical Bills fashion, the Bills will let up. What will probably go down, even though it's already week, only week one, it'll probably go down as one of, if not the best catches of the year. That was perfectly defended. It was perfectly defended, that pass. There is nothing more that could have been done. It was an extraordinary play. An extraordinary play. Uh, other than a couple of, of runs where the, the defensive line just kind of got gashed a bit, which that's that's happened in the past. Other than that, and I'm, I'm once again, I'm never on here expecting perfection, so there's going to be some lulls in the game. Outside of that, I mean, what more did you really want from this Bills defense? The, the offense also put them in extraordinarily terrible situations as well. They scored 16 total points in the in regulation outside of the punt return at the I, I can't even believe I, I, that I, I, it really hasn't even hit me that they also won it on a punt I, I can't even um <laughs> oh my god they give up 16 points in regulation and um 10 of them were were gifted to them in their own they were not I, would, I don't want to say gifted I mean obviously the Jets are in the points but as far as putting the defense in a tough spot uh, I mean the offense put the ball in a prime position for the Jets to score. The ball was given to them well into Bills territory on the field goal and the tying touchdown. So if you kind of eliminate the Bills offense, just royally screwing the defense multiple times last night, if you kind of get rid of that, it was almost perfection from the defense outside of the 80-yard touchdown or 80-yard rush or whatever it was to Brees Hall where they, you know, they do allow that, but hey, they hold up and they hold up for a field goal. Um, and that to me is also the shame because you know how hard it is in this league to have a great offense and a great defense. Like it is, it is so hard. Most teams either have one great unit and either the other unit is either, either mediocre or just not nearly as good as the other one. I mean, that's the way it is. The bills, if they're, if they're clicking on all cylinders, have an equally elite unit in both offense and defense. But I, had, I have said, I've been on record saying that I think the defense, as far as elite is concerned, is more elite than this offense because I just think you look around that defense in general, you look around the overall depth chart of that defense, it's just, it's just loaded with absolute studs. And it's more often than not that we get more consistency, I think, from the defense than the offense. I think that that is fair to say. I think more consistently we get play that is adequate or expected from this defense. With this Bills offense at times, I never know if they're going to beat a team by 30 or if they're going to lose like they do last night. And that's what happens, too. That's the weird thing about this team. They rarely ever get blown out. I can't remember the last time other than the Bengals game, which is just an outlier in almost every category. When's the last time the Bills really got their ass handed to them? I mean, I can't really remember. This Bills team, they either beat the living shit out of you or they lose games like last night, right? Last night is up there in the pantheon of the, the Chiefs loss and the Cardinals loss and the Titans loss, the, the, the couple of the Titans losses. I mean, there's a ton of these examples, you know? There's a ton of them. Great, uh, Ronald, given, thank you. This is, this is it. The Colts game, I was there. That's, that's spot on. The Colts game, um, uh, I believe it was, you know, Jonathan Taylor had what felt like 500 yards in that game. They had, didn't they have a kick return in that game as well? Or maybe two, I can't remember, but thanks, Ron. That was the last time the Bills truly got 
unequivocally blown out of the building. Um, and that's what's weird about this team. I, I just, I never know. And John's right. I'm, I'm talking about like regular season. I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, to treat, and this is just me subconsciously here. I'm trying to continue to, to, to treat the Bengals game like an outlier, but unfortunately, I, I feel like I got to come around to the to the, uh, to the realization that that's almost starting to become more of a trend than it is an outlier. We now have three straight games in a row that that kind of looked like that game, and you would say that in those three games, the best game or the best opponent rather was the Bengals. So it makes sense to have lost as bad as they did. Whereas a backup quarterback led Jets team and a backup quarterback led. Uh, Dolphins team resulted in one score games. A fully loaded Bengals team resulted in a multi-score loss. Don't get it twisted. Uh, you know, Josh Allen could come out next week against the Raiders, and, and, and this wouldn't even be in, in in shocking fashion. He could come out next week against these Raiders and throw for 400, four touchdowns, uh, 120 passer rating. I don't know if it would really shock anybody. But I think last night was shocking. And I don't think the hero ball was shocking. I don't think the erratic play was shocking. What I think was shocking was the amount of it in a situation where it was completely unnecessary. We don't know if last night's going to be the overall trend slash theme of Josh Allen's entire year. But let's get down to, to reality for a second. Since Josh Allen has been drafted, he has turned the ball over more than any other quarterback in the entire league. And I'm the first to say I will take some of those turnovers in trade of some of the greatest quarterback play I've seen in some time. You are going to have to take some of those trade-offs because some of the amazing plays Allen makes, we've been over this ad nauseum, some of the plays that Josh Allen makes are the successful outcomes of the plays that he absolutely looks like he is just out of his mind, right? And so I'm willing to take some of those turnovers, obviously. But a game like last night to me is so stunning because I, under I, I understand this, and I want to make this clear because I'm willing to, I'm, I will give criticism to Josh Allen after last night all day and twice on Sunday after that game. But I'm also not going to sit here and act like I'm going to rip on him. Like people are talking about. Yeah, I, I mean, this is legitimate. I'm here and bench him. I'm here and trade him. I mean, you guys are out of your mind if you think that. Because the second that happens, there are there is 27, 28 teams in the league who would mortgage their entire franchise for the next 20 years to have Josh Allen on their roster. So pause on that. You know, anybody thinking that is just get out of here. I mean, I, I I have to believe that it's trolling most of the time. But if you do seriously deep down believe that, I got nothing for you. Uh, I mean, there is there is literally every team in this league outside of a of a handful that would literally give up their entire franchise to have seventeen sling the ball for them. Okay, that's a fact. But last night in general, the reason to me it was so shocking, and I think why it stunned so many people is not because of the, of the fact that there was a play or two that Josh Allen looked erratic. We're used to that. Say one of those picks happens. Just say one. Let's, let's say this. One of those picks happens and the fumble. 
I don't think we're talking about Josh Allen today the way we are. One of those picks where it's like, come on, Josh, what the hell are you doing, dude? I mean, how many times have we done that? But then there'll be another possession where you're like, oh, Jesus, Josh, how the hell did you do that? How'd you do that, dude? So you take one of those picks and you take the fumble. I don't think anybody's talking about Josh Allen the way he, he did. They, we are today. But he doubled up on that. You can make a mistake. You cannot quadruple down on it. All three of those picks were the same exact type of throw, the same type of read, and the same type of mentality behind the thrower. And that was, I got to make a play here. And this is the weird thing about that game in general last night. Did you not notice? In the beginning of the game, and I was loving this, in the beginning of the game, Josh Allen was taking every underneath throw available to him. He was getting the ball out to James Cook. He was getting the ball to Dalton Kincaid. He was getting the ball to the Dawson Knox. And he was getting the ball to Diggs. And let me stop right here and give some flowers where they're due because I did say there were a couple of individual performances last night that just really shine and deserve some some respect. Uh, And I thought one of those, of course, was Matt Milano, but um, Stefan Diggs, good for you, brother. Good for you. You know, after an entire offseason of you getting shit on for no reason, my man, tip of the cap, bravo. Couldn't be more happy for you last night, man. You looked as elite as everybody knows you are, and you shut up a lot of dumbasses throughout this offseason who are looking for any excuse to dump on you. Congrats, my man. 10 catches, 110, 102 yards, the only touchdown of the game. Stephon Diggs looked like the best receiver in the league last night, not named Tyreek Hill, who is, I don't think, from this planet. I'm convinced at this point. There's not a soul on the planet who can cover the guy. I can't, I can't believe it. But Stephon Diggs, he absolutely worked. Sauce Gardner, who at this point most everyone agrees is the best corner in the league coming off of the rookie of the year on defense. He He worked. Sauce Gardner last night and Stefan Diggs was as sure-handed of a player on that team last night as anybody else on the entire roster. Stefan Diggs had an all-time game last night and an all-time loss in an all-time shit game. Stefan Diggs was the silver lining. He looked phenomenal, outstanding. I could not get over how well he played. It is a goddamn shame. It went to a waste as bad as it did. And now you kind of wonder a little bit about, you know, now you kind of you kind of think about it a little bit now, don't you? About where maybe Diggs' mentality was a bit about how things have been going on this team. Because he did his part last night, man. If I was him, I'd be over the moon pissed. And people wonder why he was so pissed after the Chiefs game. And he was so pissed after the Bengals game. I didn't wonder. I didn't wonder at all. I was wondering why nobody else was as pissed. But last night, you might wonder a little bit. You might wonder just a little bit how he, why, why he might have had the, the thoughts uh, that he did that maybe had him express himself more than people were comfortable with. Because if I had 10 catches, 102 yards, and the only touchdown of the game, and I lose in that fashion, I'll tell you what, man. I'll tell you what. You think I'm upset right now? You imagine having that type of night and having to sit with that loss? Imagine that. And I get it. It's a team game. We all got to swallow it together. But I'll tell you what. Bills aren't even in that game without him last night. And that was a damn shame. That was a damn shame. His quarterback let him down last night. His quarterback let him down. 
And I think there have been arguments out there, and I don't give any of them validity. I have yet to hear any truth behind it. But there have been arguments, and this is the problem with this, by the way. You now have, you now have, like, you're giving people reason to think they're right. This is what sucks about moments like last night. You're giving these idiots and these assholes reasons to think they're right. And it's, it's tough to argue with them now, man. Where's the counter argument today for saying that no wonder Stefan Diggs has had it with Josh Allen. He balls out and Allen throws the game away. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what he was thinking last night. I don't know. I'm concerned about it. I'm concerned. I don't think it's going to happen every game. It can't. It simply can't. It, 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 it would be impossible, I would imagine, hopefully. I, I don't know what happened. I don't, he didn't look comfortable at all, and I don't know why. I don't know why. I'm concerned about that, man. I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about it. I'm going to need to see a couple games in a row where not just Josh Allen's performance level. I need to see him look comfortable and composed. He did not look comfortable. Frankly, he didn't look like he was in a sixth year of an impressive career. I mean, did it look like that to you guys? Did it really look like Josh Allen in year six last year with how many primetime games under his belt at this point? was composed. I think the last thing you could say on earth that Josh Allen was last night was composed. A couple super chats. I missed one earlier. I'll get to the next one as well. Uh, Lancelot C saying, you notice he didn't want to slide. Are you talking about Josh? Uh, I mean, yeah, that, that's, I mean, that that's the nature of the beast. I, I get that. I also noticed what I noticed more than anything with to do with the sliding, I guess what I noticed the most is the fact that he ran into how many sacks he must have ran personally ran into two or three sacks look at the offensive line was not great last night they were also not the reason for those interceptions and neither was ken dorsey so stop it with that is ken dorsey brian dable no we're gonna need to swallow that pill because he ain't he's not he's just not is this offensive line you know, the, 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 the Philadelphia Eagles or whatever. No. But those picks were not on him or were not on them. Ken Dorsey's not throwing those interceptions. Ken Dorsey's not telling Josh to throw it as high as he can to the sky in situations where it's not necessary, like he's playing 500 on the schoolyard. He's also not fumbling the ball twice on one play. And neither is the offensive line. And I think part of this has become with this offensive line that I think you could say is a, a symptom. It's a symptom of their inability to be consistently, um, you know, prominent in a game. Josh is now anticipating. He is now anticipating offensive line failure. What, what seems to be every snap. If you notice, Josh is bailing out of the pot. He's either throwing the ball instantly, which I'm fine with. I'm actually all about it. Some of the best plays Allen made all night last night was him just getting rid of the ball. Take the yards, man. It's what Brady did his whole career. Guy's got more rings than, 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 than he can put on one hand. He, 
would either do that, fine, take the yards, or he'd just bail. Bail. And this, that's a symptom of, I think, a, a complete obvious lack, a completely obvious lack in trust of that offensive line. And it's not necessarily the fault of off the offensive line last night, but you can tell there's no, uh, there's no trust there. There, there. How could there be? Because he is either running out of the pocket or running into a sack, which seems almost instantaneously after, after the snap. I understand, you know, we we want to do this so bad. We just want to say it's the offensive line's fault and it's we want to we, we want to do whatever we can possibly do to mitigate the blame on Josh. It, it, if you want my opinion, not 88% of that loss is on on Josh Allen last night. And that pains me to say, man. Because it's hard to do this when there's also how many games now where the only reason these guys won was because of him. And I understand it's so tough to do this. But it's just the truth. And he'd tell you the same. Josh would tell you the same, man. Of course he would. But it's the God's honest truth. I'd say about 88% of the blame was on him. I'd say the play call. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. I'd say the, the play calling. Uh, listen. I thought it was fine throughout. Oh my god! I, 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 I'm the reason I'm laughing and just kind of I, I I just remembered this. Ken Dorsey calls a halfback dive out of the gun in overtime on second and fifteen against one of the best defensive lines in the NFL. I didn't think Dorsey had a great or a bad day yesterday until that moment. I I I, I don't know what I don't know what. That is. <laughs> oh my God! Everybody who anybody on the planet with a remote sense of of just competency saw that play and said. What are you doing? What are you doing? I got tears in my eyes because I'm laughing. I'm sorry. And I'm also kind of, I think I'm crying just because I just, because I've had it. I'm losing my mind. It is second in 15 in overtime. You're lucky to even be there. Tyler Bass just got a gift from the gods. He's so goaded. Tyler Bass, he's so goaded. He is already. A legend. I love that guy so much. I love, I love Tyler Bass. Oh my God. Not even just because of last night. I've always loved him. That was awesome. And you get you win the toss. Let's all right. Let's just talk about this now. I know I know we kind of you know how it goes. We just this is the best part about reaction. I, this is why I miss this so much, by the way. The off-season shows, I gotta do, I gotta think of a million different things to talk about. And this is why I love this. We can just hop on here and we can just comes to mind. Let's do it. Let's talk about the overtime. Um, you want to know another thing real quick as we head into overtime that I don't understand? Where's the final drive Josh Allen all game? 
dude couldn't miss. Dude couldn't miss. And I had a great, you know, it's so weird too. It's like Josh had up until that point, he was just, it was awful. It was so bad. And even then I'm thinking, there's no way they don't get a field goal attempt off. I, I was still extremely confident because for some reason, Allen just clicks on a different version of himself in those moments. And he did it again. That was the best drive of the night for him. Just ripping off, throw after throw, dead on, move the chains, move the chains. He even had another great one to Diggs that was called back on a horse shit offensive pass interference call. Um, but he got him in position to do what they needed to do. And, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, where was that the rest of the, the game? Because it, it's this game, you don't need the highlight reel 80-yard or 100-yard TD to Gabe Davis like they had last year against the Steelers. You don't need that to win games. Yes, those plays are great, and they help out every now and then, but you really do win games consistently doing that. And that's what he did in the beginning of the game. And I was loving it. And then you just all of a sudden start chucking it into triple coverage for the majority of the remainder of the game. And then you go back to that again and it got him right down the field in a, in a minute and 10 seconds. Where was that all game long? I don't get it. I just don't understand. He does this all the time too. But anyway, you know, he does it. And then you're thinking to yourself, wow, you know, Allen really just was, I, this, it was not himself tonight to say the least. And they can still pull this thing off. I mean, this is, this is ridiculous. And then, the, so where I'm sitting in the stadium, I'm like on the visitor's side. And I don't know if you ever like sat on the side of a, of a stadium. I'm sure you have, you've been to a game you have, but you know, there's that. And then of course, behind the end zone, if you're sitting on the side though, like, you can never tell if a field goal goes in or not. You just can't. Especially if you're higher up. It's just really hard to tell. So I'm like, I'm like one eye is watching the field, and then one eye is watching the, the scoreboard. And you just hear the... <clears throat> I had no clue if it went in. No clue. The only reason I knew it went in from my angle is I had to wait to see the umps or the refs put the, the hands up. And at that moment, I'm like, the doink, the doink in. I mean, this is, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to have a shot to win this now after just pissing down their leg, which that doesn't happen typically in Bill's fashion where you just piss the game away and you still win it like that. That's not really Billsy, you know, it's how it's usually the opposite where, they would allow the other team to do it, you know, historically at least. Um, and then I, 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 at this point, I, I'm essentially having a heart attack. Um, and I, I don't know if I, I don't know if you guys follow me on Twitter or not, but I thought I'd just put this out there. There's another reason I was also kind of having a mini heart attack, and I, and I didn't really need another reason to be. I also had a I, I had a hundred dollar free bet on DraftKings three months ago that I put down on a five team parlay, probably back in May. And I took the, the Eagles money line, hit. Packers plus three, hit. Jacksonville to beat Indianapolis, hit. Detroit plus seven against KC, hit. Had the Bills won last night, I would have turned a $100 bet into $1,500. So in addition to already me being sick to my stomach over this game for months now, it wasn't until late Sunday night that I realized I was also going to have $1,500 riding on this game too. So 
I got a culmination of just a million things that had me sick to my stomach at that moment. And when Bass hit that field goal, I almost passed out. I mean, I was just so tense, freaking out. I couldn't believe it went in. Could not believe it. When I heard that doink, I'm like, this is the most classic way to lose this game. Little did I know it could get way more classic. Like little did I know that if I thought that was going to be like a typical Bills loss, little did I, I sold myself quite short. I sold myself very short. I should have known better. I, I should have known there would have been way more theatrics involved. By the way, shout out to my dad, because this is what happens when you're a seasoned veteran. When you have that pessimism built into you for over, he'll be 55, I think, next month, this month. Uh, when you have 50 plus years of seasoned pessimism as a Bills fan, you just see these things a mile away. And it's 13 to three, and I'm clowning him. I'm dogging on him. I'm like, you really think that the Jets, because at this point, there was, there was multiple possessions at this point now where the Bills just look like crap. And he's like, I'm telling you, this game ain't over. And I'm like, dude, you're nuts. You're nuts if you think they're going to erase a 10-point lead with Zach Wilson. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he was so dead on. And then I told him, I go, even 26 years now of being a fan, you still can't reach that level yet. It takes decades of watching this shit. To really have that bake into you, you know, and he's got it fully baked in. He saw it a mile away, and that's what probably made it a little bit easier for him. I would say, not for me. I mean, I there was I would have bet my entire life when when it was thirteen to three, and you have the knowledge that Aaron Rodgers is out. I I if someone came up to me and offered me. What, literally any bet, you name it. I don't give a shit what it is. I'm taking it. I'm I'm 100% taking it. Do you realize, by the way, I, and, and I think this is accurate. If if that exact scenario plays out, like the exact scenario, let's 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 start with where I'm at in my mind as far as scenario is concerned. This the exact scenario being Aaron Rodgers is out, Zach Wilson's in. And the Bills go into the third quarter with a 13-3 to lead. I would venture to guess the Bills win that game 90 out of 100 times. Maybe more. Last night was, I don't know if everybody quite realizes this, how much of an anomaly that was to lose that way. Because the only way that they were going to lose that game is if they beat themselves. And not only did they beat the shit out of themselves, but they also did it in a, such a fashion where it allowed the Jets to easily capitalize. The Bills were battling two teams out there, and one was giving them way more than, of a fight than the other, and that was themselves. They were beating the shit out of themselves, offensively especially. And then you get a couple of plays, too, that just go your way, right? Like the double fumble to me, it's like, how do you fumble the ball twice? I mean, when does when the hell does that happen? Goes your way. And then the touchdown to Garrett Wilson. I mean, I, I don't know who else is making that catch. That was just, I can't even believe he caught that ball. Just disgusting. Just, just right, you know? But anyway, so uh, so here we go. We're going overtime. I'm, I'm sick to my stomach now. And in typical fashion, I'm thinking we're losing the coin toss because it's the Bills and it's overtime. So. The other team's winning the toss. It's heads. 
and I'm like, oh my god. I'm like, they they could not have played worse. Allen probably just put out his worst game ever, arguably in a in a list of three, four, maybe. I don't know. You'd have to really go back and look. They're only in this overtime because of a doink field goal. And they're gonna they're gonna walk out of here with a win still. How lucky are we? Because that would be a lot of luck to get out of there alive and just figure out whatever the hell happened. <laughs> and little did I know what would unfold over the next four plays would just be hilariously pathetic. Just egregiously, as the title card on the show says tonight, egregiously shameful. That was so shameful, that drive. And of course, the ending of it as well was the cherry on top of a pathetic attempt to try and win that game in overtime. Uh, you know it. You know it's off to a hot start when you get the ball in overtime, and before you can even get a snap off, you're offsides. You get a false start. You know, you're, you, this team's supposed to be the example. You know, this team's supposed to be the top team in the league or one of them or whatever, and you're also supposed to be the, the standard of the AFC East, and you're in a position to go down and win this game in overtime, and you can't even get a snap off without a flag. I mean, that's some, like, that's some rookie bullshit. That's some Tampa Bay Bucks BS. I, I, I don't know. What, whoever, the Texans. That's not a Super Bowl. That's not Super Bowl caliber at all. So you already kick yourself in the ass, backing backing yourself up five yards, and then you know, and this and this is back to like where with Josh Allen here, it, it wasn't even just the picks that looked off, and this is where I'm concerned because he just looked off almost all night outside of early in the game where I I've mentioned a few times now that he that he would would take what was given to him, and I really did like that. So it's first and fifteen, and I can't remember if it was Knox or Kincaid. It was one of the two, but anyway, he, he throws him the ball. Uh, right side of the field, almost near the sticks. And I'm, he's wide open, wide open. He skipped that ball off the ground. Skipped it right off the ground. That was a makeable play. And it, it wasn't even close. I mean, it wasn't even catchable. It was, it was a yard in front of his feet. So now we're second and 15. Dorsey, what do you got for me? Listen, second and 15, Dorsey, game's on the line. It's overtime. We need you. Did it really go through Knox's hands? I'll have to rewatch it. I have not. I Like I said, I've avoided it completely. From my angle, it looked like it skipped. I'll take your guys' word for it for now. Um, I did not know that. Either way, though, I, it was insanely low. I'm itching my nose, by the way, Jared, yes. I'm itching my nose, not picking it, itching it. Um, it was a low throw, right? Like at his feet low, at least from my angle. I'll, I, I, it'll take me a while, but I'll go back and rewatch it at some point. Whatever. Okay, thank you, Nico. It was a terrible pass. I mean, to me, it looked like it was at his feet, so I, I assumed it was. I didn't know it hit his hands. Either way, like Nico just said, that, that's what it looked like to me. Knox would have had to have really pulled one out of his ass to catch the ball. Um, so 
Okay, second and second and fifteen, right? It's overtime. Dorsey, what do you got? We need your best play. We need something out of the bag of tricks here because we have looked terrible all night, but we have a chance to win this game somehow. We have been gifted an opportunity to win this game. How are we going to do it? You know, how are we going to? You know, what do you got for me? This is your time to shine. Second year OC. Everybody's been dogging you all year long. Or all, all year long last year, all off season. Time to shine. What do you got? I got it. Josh, I want you to hand the ball off to James Cook out of the gun, right up the gut, uh, into Quinn and Williams and one of the best uh, defensive fronts in the NFL. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to do exactly that, gain two yards, and essentially uh, end the game. Break. On what planet? On what planet does anyone think that that is an adequate play call, much less a guy getting paid a salary to call the plays? Once again, I'm not going to dog on Dorsey much for last night. It wasn't, I don't think it was anything bad enough to where you could uh, call it a terrible game. Hold on. <clears throat> now you know the reason I've been itching my nose. I got, my allergies are just so bad right now. Terrible. Bless me. Thank me. Like Quentin Williams. Oh, it's coming again. Oh, sneezing out the, the sins of last night. So, um, based on the fact that I just, I don't think what happened with Dorsey last night was good, good enough to be praised or bad enough to pin the loss on him. I, I don't think it's worth even getting into a whole lot. I mean, really, did it really seem like he had that much of a negative impact on the game? Not in comparison to Josh Allen, to me, it was, it was not, not even close. Like Josh Allen's impact on that loss was so palpable that I don't think that the impact that Dorsey had on it was, you know, noticeable other than this exact play. This was just pathetic. It's, it was sad. It was pathetic. And it was just, it was just incompetent. And that might be the, the word of the night last night, incompetency all the way around from these throws that made no sense to, you know, a play like that where it just truly in the moment makes no sense. It's like what I was just saying a second ago. You line up a hundred people who are avid NFL fans like we are. You know, we watch every single game, know the game well, understand a feel of a game and what is supposed to happen when it's supposed to happen, right? Just, just you know, you, you, you watch football enough, you know, you just know shit. You know what I'm talking about? Like you, just, you just know ball, you're watching it. You line up a hundred people. 99 of them are going to say and it's, you know, you, you get the, you get the sheet. Somebody hands out a sheet to these hundred people and they say on the sheet, it's second and 15 in overtime on your own 15 yard line. You got to go down the field to win the game. What's your play call? 99 people are not circling halfback dive on that multiple choice selection list. But Dorsey was the one out of the hundred who said, teacher, I'm done. And in my assignment, I, when that happened, I did laugh. I, I actually laughed in the stadium. I looked at my dad because right there, you knew the game was over because it was going to come down to two things. It was either going to be that 
um, you know, either them chipping away at that yardage a bit on second down or, you know, Josh Allen was going to have to just make an unbelievable play on third and what was now 13. And based on the way the night was going, I did. My confidence level was not there. Sorry to say, I just didn't, didn't see it in them last night. Um, that was just pathetic. I, 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 I don't know how that, how does that happen? You know, there's some moments and this happens with every team every year with the, with the NFL. It's like every, every team at some point, every fan base of every team at some point this year is going to be like, what the hell was so-and-so thinking fire him? What the hell was that? Like, what's he doing? And you can look at it and you can kind of understand, all right, I, I mean, the play call wasn't the best, but I, I get what he was thinking there. That call right there, it, that's not one of those. That call right there is like, dude, on what planet does that make any sense at all? I don't know, man. I'm looking at this win probability meter thing. Like ESPN has that graph that you can look at and see what the win probability is throughout the game. And starting at... So at halftime, at halftime, the Bills had it over... In around an 80% chance to win the game from halftime all the way until four minutes left in the fourth quarter where it then completely spiked down. It was truly one of the worst losses in some time. Uh, you know, credit to Zach Wilson, I guess. Uh, good for the kid. The, the, the Aaron Rodgers show... And he's got to he's got to go from from first rounder to bench to, to benched. He came in and outplayed Josh Allen. Uh, I mean, he did. As far as efficiency is concerned, taking what was given to him and just getting out of there with a win, where where's the argument against it? Because uh, all all Wilson had to do was not hurt the team. I understand that they had he had his pick there. But even the pick Milano had, like Milano had to make a great play on the ball. It wasn't like Wilson threw it up in the air 80 yards down the field for one of three uh, Bills defenders to pick it off. Um, and, and then Brees Hall just absolutely went off too. I, I know the majority of his yards came on one run, but you know he w- I thought he was efficient all night long. Um, but Outside of uh, that one run, in my opinion, this this Bills defense really looked phenomenal. And, and once again, you get an extraordinary performance from the defense, in my opinion. You get a pretty damn good uh, performance from uh, your rookie tight end that we're, we're looking forward to seeing, right? Um, I, I thought him and Knox, they, I thought throughout the game, it looked like they had a good thing going, getting open at least. And then you had an extraordinary game. From your star wide receiver. And all of it goes to waste. All of it goes to waste. None of it will be remembered. Nobody cares. Um, I can't believe the Aaron Rodgers thing happened. Let's talk about that for a minute. I can't believe that. I, I, I was so genuinely stunned and so sympathetic to all the Jets fans around us. I mean, look, at, screw the Jets. No doubt. 
I mean, screw them hard. I hate them. Ugh. Don't get me wrong. But man, I'm also a human being. And I also understand what it's like to be a fan, you know. And I also know what it's like to be a fan of a team that sucks and then they don't suck. And you're super enthusiastic about it. That, that, that was terrible. That's just terrible. So undeserved to that fan base who just, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like I keep saying, just, I hate, you know, right here to the Jets. But the dude, did, I mean, one series into that hype and he's out for the year. I mean, you think, we, you think we're cursed? You think last night was bad for us? And it was. Don't get me wrong. It sucked. But the Jets can they can enjoy that win for a couple a uh, couple of days here maybe, and then reality is going to sink in really quickly. That the guy that they just mortgaged their entire franchise for, the guy that they just set up to make this team into a potential Super Bowl contender after being a bottom feeder. After all, he's gone, and he didn't even get a full series of football in for these guys. It, it is unfathomable. I mean, can I want you to sit back and imagine if that was the Bills? That is just unbelievable and the unfortunate reality is too is i don't know how shocking it, it is to say to me it's it, it's insanely shocking that it, it happened this early but i don't know how shocking it is unfortunately to see him get hurt i think a lot of people anticipated this with that offensive line you could tell right off of the bat as soon as the game started and the jets had the ball i mean aaron Rodgers didn't have a second to breathe and it's not like he's a nimble 27-year-old quarterback anymore who can handle the hits and can get out of the pocket, extend plays, and preserve his body. He's not that anymore. He used to be, and I think some people still think he can do that at times. He cannot. He can't. He is an old man out there playing quarterback. He is an old man. In regard to the sports world, that is an old man out there. And that offensive line was abysmal, and everyone knew it, and it was evident the first snap. And my God, um, I, I and we had some real cool Jets fans around us, and I felt so bad for them. I did, and I'll tell you this: the vibe in that stadium was off the charts. I've probably seen, I don't know, six games at MetLife, maybe more. And I've never seen a vibe in there quite like that. That place was off the charts. They had the, everyone got wristbands walking in where they, they had LED lights on them. So it would light up the night sky when they would turn the lights off. Everyone's freaking out. The J-E-T-S Jets. If I got to hear that one more time, I'm going to vomit out of my, out of every orifice of my body. They were just having, they were on fire. And the wind got sucked out of that cell like you've never seen before. If, if that was a cruise ship getting ready to go off to a big party on an island, that thing that thing turned into the Titanic in in, in four snaps. And uh, and I I don't that's just an awful thing. It's just terrible, 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 terrible. I mean, I can't imagine being in that situation. I mean, I'm sitting here today. You see how mad, you see how frustrated and just sick to my stomach I am today over a, a week one loss. Imagine where we would be 
if Josh Allen, if that happened to Josh Allen, or if we were in the exact same situation as the Jets and you go and get a first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback to save this franchise and you don't even get to watch him complete a full series of football. I mean, oh my God, I can't even believe it. I can't believe it. And here's the weird thing too. So I'm sitting, I'm sitting up like mid-level corner end zone. And I see the Leonard Floyd sack, and we're all celebrating, right? We're all celebrating. And I don't know what happened in the meantime, but someone says to me, next to me, he goes, "Who? who's number two on the Jets? And at this point, I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, there's no possible way Zach Wilson is in the game, so why is he asking me this? And I'm like, uh, like Zach Wilson didn't even, I didn't even, consider thinking of him and i'm like uh i i don't know i'm like i don't know man i, I, I don't know i'm like why i'm like well he's always in the game and i'm like well i'm like oh okay and then i'm all of a sudden i'm like looking at my phone and my buddies are like i think rogers ruptured his ace is achilles i'm like what the hell are you talking about and i look out on the field and he's not in the game and i didn't even see him get taken off because he didn't get, he got, he walked off with trainers. He didn't get on the cart until he got to the sideline, and the cart was behind where they do the X-ray or whatever the the booth, the the booth on the sideline where they check out the injuries. So you couldn't see the cart from my side of the stadium. And then my buddy sent me the video of the cart. I go, I go, you gotta be shitting me. When did what is going on? I had no clue, no clue. And then all of a sudden, everybody around us is like, these Jets fans are like, oh my god, he. He ruptured his Achilles. He's he's not gonna he's gonna be done the rest of the year. And I'm like, you gotta be shitting me. He was just in there. What the hell happened? And then sure as shit, the next drive, there's Zach Wilson. And then you get the confirmation that Rogers is on the cart and he ain't coming back and he's in a boot or whatever, and it's done. And that place was dead. It was dead in there going into half. But to their credit, they lit the night up sky up. They lit, they lit the sky up prominently to end it. I mean, that place was tweaking out at the end. They There wasn't a soul in there who thought that they were going to win that game, including me. I will say the one bit of like, hey, good for him type situation out of the whole thing was the dude that ran back. The punt return was like one of the stars of Hard Knocks. I forget his name. Um I'll look it up because he deserves to have his name mentioned. Um, he was one of the returners. Or he was one of the Xavier, Xavier Gibson. So he was one of the stars of Hard Knocks who was an undrafted player who was coming down to the final round of cuts to make the team. Like He was borderline not making the team. And the reason he did make the team, if you watched Hard Knocks, was because of how impressed they were with his ability to return the ball on special teams. And... Week one in the biggest game of the year after the most tragic event that you could imagine happening to your football team happens in that game, and that kid runs back the, the touchdown to win it. I, I'm happy for that. I'm not happy for the Jets. Screw him. But I'm happy, I'm happy for that, dude. Because if you watch Hard Knocks, he's a really, really cool guy. I was rooting for him the whole time, him and his buddy there that were both wide receivers. And that must have been an insane moment from that dude. I mean, you're two weeks ago. You, you didn't even know if you are going to be on this team, and you just scored – the biggest touchdown of the year. Um, I cannot believe though, that that game ended like that. That was also just, it, that punt was so bad. 
Sam Martin. Uh, I don't. I don't know. The tackle attempt was it just embarrassingly sad and laughable? Absolutely. Am I going to get on the punter for not making the tackle at the ten in overtime when the game's over? Anyways, I'm not. I'm not. I understand. I get it. It's easy to clown on that guy today. The Gibson already brought it back to the 10-yard line. They were going to kick a 15-yard field goal if Sam Martin made that tackle. Would that have made you feel better? It's a punter, man. These guys are not NFL players. They're kickers. I had that website up for like a half an hour. I just started playing that ad. Anyway. Larry David, look it up. He was on Rich Eisen show. He said this. These kickers, are, it's, it's so funny because it's so spot on. These kickers are not, they're not NFL players. When you think of NFL players, you think of Josh Allen, you think of DK Metcalf, you think of Aaron Donald, right? Nick Bosa. You don't think of Sam Martin. And when you got a guy running 100 miles an hour at you and all you do is punt and walk off the field, I understand not form tackling them like prime Ray Lewis. I get it. I know it's so easy. I mean, today, and I understand because look at me, I'm on here just freaking out about everything. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, understanding of looking for just every reason to shit on the bills today. I get it. But that to me is like one where it's like lay off the dude a little bit. In my opinion. Jeremy, you know what I mean. Yes, they're NFL players. When you think of NFL athletes, are you thinking of Sam Martin? Come on, man. You're not. And it was on full display last night, and that's why if you don't under, you got to understand that. Sam Martin isn't form tackling an insanely fast punt returner like vintage Deion Sanders. It's just not happening. And people are acting like it, sh- it would have made a difference in the game. He would have been down at like the 10-yard line. So whatever. You're just delaying the inevitable at that point. At least let the rookie kid get in and have his moment instead of delaying it and kicking the damn field goal. Because it's over. It's done. Shit, it was done 30 yards before Sam Martin even had the chance to make the tackle. If you want to be mad at Sam Martin, be mad at the punt. I'm all about that. The punt sucked. The the coverage all went to one side, and he kicked to that side. You're supposed to kick opposite hash, and he kicked to the same hash, which means that when when the coverage is going down on that hash, you have the entirety of the coverage going one side. If Gibson can break out to the other side where nobody is, he's gone. Jeremy, I got to sell this one more time. I'm not, not calling him an NFL player, dude. That's not what I'm doing. I'm not calling him not an NFL player. I'm saying when you think of NFL players, you're not thinking of kickers. You're thinking of these insane elite athletes that are capable of making tackles and going and running the football into the end zone, right? You're not thinking of Sam Martin is what I'm saying. So I'm saying when you are thinking about a moment like what happened last night, you can't expect a guy like Sam Martin, who is a punter, to make the tackle in which everybody thinks would have saved the game. That's all I'm saying. I do get what you're saying, and I don't mean, I'm not trying to disrespect any kicker. I love the kickers. I just got talk, done talking about how much I love Tyler Bass earlier. I'm also not expecting Tyler Bass to uh, to make a form tackle to win a game or to throw a touchdown pass to win a game or to catch a touchdown pass to win a game. You know what I mean? 
Anyway, Sam, Mar- I didn't, I didn't think the punt was great at all. That, that's what I thought at least. Um, so if you want to get mad at Sam Martin, maybe get mad at that. But at the end of the day, if you're, if we're getting mad about Sam Martin, well, what are we doing? You know, like what, what, like what, what, what are we doing? It, it's not Sam Martin's fault. The Buffalo Bills lost that game. They just got done going three and out on, and w- with one of the most potent offenses in the league. So we thought, and I'm going to sit here and blame Sam Martin, the punter who had to punt the ball in overtime for the loss. Get the hell out of here. No way. <sighs> no, I get it, Jeremy. No, no hard feelings, brother. I, I get your point. Totally. They're totally NFL player. Listen, you know, the talent level you have to have to kick that ball like that. That's why they are NFL players. I'm talking about like NFL. It's, 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 I get it. It's like, it's like splitting hairs. When I'm, when I, I'm just, when I'm thinking of like elite athletes, like when you think of this, this is the best example. Imagine Tyler Pass and then imagine like Aaron Donald and then imagine. So imagine Tyler Bass kicks a field goal. Aaron Donald blocks it. And the only person left to tackle Aaron Donald is just running the touchdown back is, is, is Tyler Bass. Am I putting my money on Bass? I'm not. I'm not. Um, that's why in moments like that, I feel for the kicker because that's not their job. It's almost in that situation. It's almost like expecting like back in the playoffs last year with the 49ers when every quarterback on the roster got hurt. It, it would almost be like expecting Christian McCaffrey to come in and win the Niners that game while he was playing quarterback. It's like, you can't be mad at him for that. You know? Um, Bill, I am here. I'd love to hear the reasoning behind this. I'd love to hear how it's 50% Ken Dorsey's fault. Truly, I'm not like not trying to be a dick or anything. I, I want to know your reason for that. I want to know, for those who think that Dorsey has more blame than I do on this game, I want to know the reasoning behind it. I want to know what you saw. Because I'm just, in my opinion, I don't think that Dorsey. Dorsey's not throwing three picks. Dorsey's not fumbling the ball. And I think that is the primary reason the Bills lose that game yesterday. And I think if you eliminate even half of that, the Bills still win that game yesterday. The run call in overtime was laughably just, I hope he lost sleep over that. Because God knows I did. I understand what you're saying, play calling, but like, what, 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 it went. Like the overtime, I understand that. I understand that entirely. But, you know, the rest of the game, I didn't think the play calling was overly horrendous. I just thought that the execution was abysmal. In fact, I don't even know, you know, to, to, to kind of go off what you're saying here, the play calling, I don't even know how you could argue that the play calling was the problem when you couldn't even tell if the plays were being executed properly or not, because there were multiple times where you're just like, it didn't even matter the play. Josh Allen was going to make that throw no matter what. And you know, this to be true because let's talk about the specific, let's talk about two specific examples. The third and eight in the second quarter where Allen throws the pick way deep down the field where it was just not even close. I don't know if you guys noticed, but if you go back and watch, he's got a patch of grass in front of him that it looked like he you could have you could have drove an 18 wheeler through. And and typically that's a that's like a whole moment for Josh Allen where you're like, oh my God, like the, the, the seas are parting, the heavens are shining down. Take it to the house, JA. That this kind of that this actually right here 
is a perfect example of what I was talking about last night, where the concerning element of this was that Josh was doing things that even he himself, despite the times in which we've seen him be erratic, and there's plenty of examples, that moment right there, it's just where you're like, dude, you have an entire field in front of you. You run the ball all the time. You love running the ball. You love making plays that help the team. You're going to get a first down on that run, which helps the team. You're making the play. It's not like you're, this is the weird thing with him. It feels like sometimes he only feels like he's making a difference in the game and he only feels like he's making a big play when it's like a highlight real play. Not every play is going to be that because it just can't be. How many highlight reel like plays does Brady have where you're looking at his career and it's just these bombs down the field or these just unbelievable getting sacked, throwing the ball while he's falling down type plays. The reason Tom Brady will go down as the greatest athlete maybe in the history of all of sports for the rest of time as far as brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As success is concerned, is because the guy did it by the letter of the law and to the, to the, like, by the book, dotted his I's and crossed his T's on every snap. Now with Allen, I don't want that because that's not who he is and that's not what makes him great. So I understand that. I don't want a pocket passer, especially in this era of the league. Brady, that's a whole different era. You, you can't do that anymore. It's not what it's not what it's not what gets it done in this league. So the aspects of Josh Allen that I love are the ones that Brady would never have been able to do. But what I'm getting at is the game is still won by being able to execute in the most simple, the, the simplest form being able to take what's given to you, move the ball down the field, and get the damn ball in the end zone. Now, you do that in this era of the game by your quarterback running or your quarterback making an insane play every now and then, but still, but still, to the core, in the NFL, you win, game by, you win games by executing and doing that consistently, right? And... On that particular play, if you go back and look, Josh is rolling to the left side of the field. So he's already on the opposite side of his arm and the opposite leg. And he just threw that ball down the field like someone said, hey, if you can hit the end zone, I'll give you $10 billion. You know? Couldn't, I, 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 it made no sense. He's got, he's got an eight-yard patch or so of grass at least, and he's got eight yards to move the sticks. All you got to do is run it up, first down. Completely disagree about that point, pocket passer versus mobile QB. Which one? That it's not what gets it done today? You have got to have the ability to be mobile in this, in this NFL this, uh, in this day and age. I, I don't, every one of these quarterbacks who's winning, that's what, that's what they are. Every one of them. Some more than others. I'm talking about the ability to move and extend the play. You have absolutely got to be able to do that. And you can't tell me it's not an added bonus being able to have a quarterback like Josh Allen who can save a game for you with his legs. 
The problem is, is yesterday he completely sacrificed that. Sacrificed it. Now, of course, there's outside examples. I get that. I'm talking about right now, like if you were to redraft, uh, you know, if you were to redraft everybody, because I see Matthew Stafford brought up. No, it's a fair point, obviously. But Matthew Stafford's also been in the league for, what, 15 years? If you were redrafting today, all of the quarterbacks that you're taking to start your franchise with, Matt Stafford's not going to be one of them. It's going to be, you know, Josh Allen, Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, um, all these, all the Jalen Hurts, all these guys, and they all can move. All of them. I get what you're saying. You know, Rams won with Stafford. Yeah, I get it. But it's not, that's not necessarily the, the way in which that the quarterback position is played in this day and age. It's not, back in that day, it was run the ball with the running back first, play great defense, and then the quarterback would be a pocket passer standing there. And if you were as efficient as Brady was, you were dominating. Um, but if you look right now, like the, the certain quarterbacks that I think get dogged on the most are the quarterbacks that are most similar to that. You know, like Mac Jones, for example, he's more of a pocket-oriented guy, and that's why everybody doesn't love him so much. Um, but at the end of the day, the being throwing in the pocket, yeah. So you're saying maybe we disagree about how mobile. That's fair. I agree with that because to the core of what you're saying is what I also I do I do thoroughly agree with. You still have to have the ability to throw the ball in the pocket. Now that don't get that twisted. That's still a vital part of this game in fact it is the primary aspect of a successful quarterback being able to throw the ball in the pocket stepping up and delivering an accurate throw is the whole motto uh, around being a decent quarterback it's just that a lot of these other quarterbacks now they have so much more in the bag that they're able to offer that are is able to just open up these offenses in completely different ways but anyway on that particular play is an example where you do have a guy like Josh Allen who is able to run the ball as well as he is. And so in a moment like that, you're thinking, this is, the, this is why you have the guy. It's a perfect example for him to just waltz up to that first down marker and move the sticks, keep the ball rolling. But instead, off of his back foot, he just throws up a Hail Mary midway through the second quarter in a game that – you know, you're favored by a, uh, at this point with Wilson out, you're favored by a touchdown in, and you really just have to not piss yourself and you'll win it. So then there, there was that one. And then the one on third and two, which to me was the worst of all of them. I mean, the other two were so bad, but this one, this one just truly stood. This one I thought separated itself a little bit. It's third and two. And let me see if I can pull it up. Oh, I don't I really don't want to. I really don't want to watch it, but let me see if I can pull it up. Because. Diggs and Dorsey. <laughs> Dorsey. Diggs and Kincaid are wide open. And he throws it in the, in the triple coverage. And, and, and it just made no, it, it just made absolutely no sense. 
in that moment, it's third and two. You got two wide open receivers. You really could have done anything else other than that. About to find it right now. That one, this one too was so bad. Oh my God. All right, here we go. Here we go. Oh my God, it's the first time we're watching this. Oh my God. I mean, and and this is the other thing too, right before I show you this. You know, people want to blame the old line and stuff. When I show you this, uh, you let me know where, 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 where the old line's getting their fair share of the blame on this. Oh my God. So bad. Just doesn't make any sense. Well, all right, here we go. So here it is, third and two. <sighs> Let's just play it. Stop. All right. You seeing what I? You seeing what I'm seeing? You seeing what I'm seeing? Am I nuts? So let's tackle three things here. Okay? One. No O-line in that vault here. That is as clean a pocket as you'll have in the National Football League. Right there. Look at the top left of your screen. Look at the middle. Low left. Right here is rookie Dalton Kincaid. He is past the sticks. He is wide open. And Josh Allen is looking in his direction. His eyes are over there. I could, I could see if your argument was, oh, Ziba, he didn't see Diggs on this side. Okay, fine. That looks to me like he's looking right at him. And then who's this? Is this Latavius Murray here? I can't tell the number. But this also doesn't look like the worst option on the planet either. Essentially, what I'm getting at here is you have a clean pocket and what looks to be about three decent three decent options. One, in my opinion, phenomenal option. Two, probably another phenomenal option. The linebacker can probably step up here, but I'd venture to believe Allen can get the ball to Diggs quick enough and Diggs is fast enough where you're going to move the sticks on here either way. Uh, let's see what happens. That's the first time I've seen a highlight of that. I haven't, like I told you, I, I, I haven't watched anything yet, or I won't. I haven't tuned into anything, you know, Fox Sports 1, ESPN, whatever the hell, Twitter, anything. Um, I haven't listened to the radio, like I said, and I sure as shit haven't watched any of these highlights. Oh, my. I, guys, I, I mean, I knew this one was bad from the stands. I, I even, oh, my. I, I even I didn't know it was this bad. Oh my god, it was so bad. Oh my god, what was he th guys? What was he thinking? I don't want. 
it is, guys, oh my God. Oh, my allergies are so bad. My eyes are on fire. Oh my God. I just can't catch a break, man. Ugh. Guys, I want I want to I want to lay out the situation at hand here. Okay. You are up a touchdown against Zach Wilson in the fourth quarter with under 10 minutes to go. And you're almost at the 50-yard line. Guys, a field goal ends this shit. It's over. A field goal on this drive. This game is curtains. It's done. Pack your shit. Get back to Buffalo and figure out what the hell made you look so bad tonight. And get it in gear for the Raiders. If you just do the most basic outcome of this play I mean this 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 was this I oh my god I had no I mean I it looks so bad from this from the stadium but I, I mean this this looks 10 times worse from this angle guys there's there's less than 10 minutes left you're up a touchdown in the fourth quarter against Zach Wilson near the 50-yard line. Any points on this drive, this game is over. It is done. And even if you don't score, you got to venture to believe they milk a couple more minutes off the clock. You punt the ball, and Zach Wilson's got to go the length of the field to tie it. The odds are still in your favor. Instead, you give them the ball at the mid at midfield, basically. Oh! I can't believe this shit. I can't even I can't even fathom this. Wide open, wide open, wide wide open, wide open, wide open. And I'll tell you what I did have a great view of. What I did have a great view of was Dalton Kincaid, because I was on this, I was on this side, like I'm on Diggs' side here of the of the of the stadium. And up and I could see Kincaid. There was so much grass over here, and there wasn't much. There wasn't much in, in in the way of a defender in this area. And with as fast as Allen can get the ball out, I mean, guys, this is a guaranteed first down. This is a guarantee. This is as guaranteed of a, of a first down as you can have. One more time. I know no one else wants to watch it, but I have got to see like what he was even thinking here again. So, so we're in the read here. By the way, while uh, look at Diggs now. Look at Diggs now. Look at Allen just pulls this back. Oh my God, Diggs could gash that up the fifty. Maybe even get that into opposing territory. I mean, this game's done, guys. It's over. You know what was crazy to me too, from the angle I had, because I saw Kincaid out of the route. So initially, I'm thinking to myself. That's where this ball's going because he's looking over there the whole way. And then, of course, he releases it. So when it did end up going where it did, I couldn't for the life of me believe what I had just witnessed. And I, and frankly, I still can't. And guys, you see Kincaid here. This, this defender doesn't make that move on this ball until after it's released. So that means Kincaid had about two, 
three yard, three and a half, three, four and a half yards of space. The, the defender was probably here or so when the ball was released. So you got to think Kincaid had about three yards of space as far as depth is concerned, and then an infinite amount of space on the route itself. And this, this isn't even close. I mean, it, it is, it is not even. We're already here. We're here. Let's do it. Let's let's look at the other ones. That one to me, though, that 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 to me is your game, in my, in my opinion. It could have it could have eliminated all the other errors, in my opinion. All right, let's 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 check this one out. This is the, what is this the third and eight one? Okay, this is the one I was just ranting about 15, 20 minutes ago, whatever the hell it was. Ready? So you're gonna watch as Allen is going to. Okay. <laughs> Once again, you seeing what I'm seeing, folks? Also, I want to know, and this is another another thing here, okay? And and it, and it, and it's also it makes it so much worse when you know the outcome of the play here. But once again, everyone's always looking for an alternative excuse, and it it primarily is almost always either Dorsey or the offensive line when it comes to the offensive struggles. And one of the big ones is, is of course, that offensive line. The, the one I just showed you previously, the offensive line could not have protected Josh Allen better. Now on this one, once again, I got, I'm, I'm going on two seconds here in the pocket, three seconds. He does not need to bail here, folks. Look at this pocket. When, watch this pocket. Watch what's going on in this pocket when he bails. There's nobody back there. He could have set up a campfire back there. Okay, fine. Whatever. It's Allen. He moves. Okay. Guys, look at this. Look at this. Oh. How? How? How, 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 how? On what planet does he throw a pick in the, in the opposite end zone on this play? How? How? Oh my God. Oh, oh my God, guys. I haven't, I haven't looked at, oh my God. Do you see this? And, uh, one of the best athletes to ever play the position is gifted. Guys, you can't even see other than this. Who I don't is that Quinn Williams? I can't tell. I, I don't know. Who cares? Other than this defensive lineman here, you cannot see another jet defender on the screen. You can't even see him. And he uncorks this ball. Like his life depended on it. Oh my God.
Guys, this is 10 times worse than I thought it was. I regret not watching this. Pro no, I don't actually. I'm glad I'm watching this with you. This is real time. You're getting a real time reaction. I don't know if you're like me at all. I can't, I cannot watch this shit the day after, but I start to feel better when I'm on here with you guys and I get it all out of it off my chest. So I kind of ease myself into talking about it. So I have not watched this stuff. And in the stadium, it looked terrible. This is looking, I can't even. I can't, I can't believe. I mean, if you play this, anybody with any knowledge of Josh Allen and they say to you, pause right here. You get shown this still image in a, I don't know, a focus group. And you're a, you know, at, once again, back to like the example earlier, we got a group of people. You're in a focus group. You've watched a bunch of NFL football. You watch a bunch of NFL football, uh, including Josh Allen, right? You're asked the question, what do you think Josh Allen does on this play? How many people are answering, throws it off his back foot 80 yards into double coverage, not even remotely close to being catchable, and it gets picked off? Now, maybe... A couple of pessimistic Bills fans write that in there. I could, ironically enough, see that. But I think most people, when you're asked to answer it based on what you see on the screen, the easy answer would be, well, he's a freak athlete who's essentially a human train, a human locomotive. I wouldn't doubt he runs this to the first down marker. And, I, and, that, and to that, I tell you, wouldn't that have been something? Wouldn't that have made a little bit of sense? Let's see it again. Oh, my Christ almighty. I mean, will you look at what's going on in front of us here while he releases that ball? On what planet? Did, what? <laughs> I... What, what did he see? I'd almost understand. I can't tell based on the blurriness here if this is Knox or Kincaid or whatever. I'd almost say, okay, maybe you go here. It's single coverage and he's got a step. Okay. On what? In what reality was this ever happening? You could combine the talent of Megatron, Randy Moss, and Jerry and Jerry Rice into one human being and that ball still isn't getting caught. Even if it's on target, which it wasn't, not even freaking close. You're throwing it to Deontay Hardy, one of the shortest. I didn't even realize that's who it was going to. It's like one of the shorter guys on the roster as far as weapons are concerned. You're throwing an 80-yard jump ball to it. To essentially like a like a slot guy, like a like a special teams guy, a speedster. On top of all that went into that play. This is the play of the game for the Jets, by the way. I mean, as far as offense is concerned, this is the one wall. This is the one play from the Bills D that you're like, oh, it sucked. But 
You know, and then again, though, with this with this Bills D, it, it, at least the way I see it, when they when they mess up, it's more often than not that they correct their mistakes. Like they allow Brees Hall to get all the way down there, but if you notice, like what was the next highlight? There wasn't one on this drive because they they hold the uh, Jets to a field goal. They allow them to run this ball all the way down to the thirteen yard line, and they don't get it. They settle for a field goal. So yes, did the Bills defense, you know, have a complete lapse there and get rolled over? Absolutely, but they held serve. And 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 corrected, uh, you know, and, and and made up for it. Didn't allow a touchdown. Which, by the way, how about how about the effort from Benford here? That was that to me was another highlight. This is kind of like a Don Beebe moment back in the day. If, if if you look at this, once he gets past Poyer here, I mean, it, it, this is nothing but green. Look at the effort from Benford here. That is terrific shit right there. That is phenomenal. I freaking love that. Love that. Because you just saved you just saved your team four points there, because they settle for a field goal there. That's why you know you can get on the defense all you want, but I oftentimes find that when they do screw up, they make up for it on the back end a lot. Good for freaking Benford there. So another thing we haven't really talked a whole lot about tonight that we'll talk about right now, this is bringing it up to me, are the sacks. You know, a lot of people were, were, have been clowning the offensive line because that's the easy thing to do. I understand it. And plus, it's, it's, it's just low-hanging fruit because the offensive line has been a bit of the, you know, not a bit. It's been one of the more primary and noticeable issues for this team over the last couple of seasons here. But... um. Despite Josh Allen being sacked, uh, what was it? Six, six times. Let me get the uh, exact number. I think it was six, five. Okay. Despite being sacked five times, the pressure never seemed insane. Obviously, the Jets D as good as they are up front, they're going to have theirs throughout the game. You can't expect them to be shut down the whole game. So I'm not going to expect that. And they did have their fair share of good moments. But I thought for a, a an offensive line that gets dogged on a lot against an unbelievably great defensive front, I thought they were honestly okay last night. They weren't great, but I thought for what it could be, I thought that they gave Josh Allen his opportunities. And this is an example of where the offensive line is probably going to get blamed, but I don't know if they deserve the blame here. So if we watch this play, Josh Allen is going to get the snap here. And yes, the blitz is coming. And Allen, the, 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 the pocket is collapsing here. But Josh runs himself into this sack. He runs right into it. I mean, he still has two, three seconds to get rid of the ball. Let's count it out here. One, two, three. So you got about three seconds before he bails. And that was one of a, of a, of a few of those throughout the night where it just felt like Allen bails out of the pocket when he doesn't have to. This is the other pick. Now, this one, it looks like this one's a bit of a different situation than the other ones because you can tell, as you already saw, 
But he's got some time here, but it, it, maybe not. I don't know. He does have time. And he's also got James Cook on the check down there. Let's see what happens on this one. So we got the snap. Routes aren't run yet, obviously, but we do have James Cook in the flat here. Sauce Gardner's kind of eyeing him down. The, the, the line's holding up here, but obviously it's beat here. So what the fuck? That's entirely incalculable. God almighty. Um, I get, listen, this one's a bit different because this is the one pick where I think you could say, okay, you know what? This is how I feel on this one. Remember how I said earlier, if you were to erase... Half the half the turnovers from Josh Allen, they still win the game, and no one's talking about them today like we have been. This one, I'd be like, all right, not a great read at all, JA. But here's why I I, I might have accepted this one because of you know the situation. He's got time until he doesn't. It seems like he does, but it collapses quickly, right? You do have James Cook, but by that time, you're not looking over there. It would have to be a, a pretty insane read to get back to the right side of the field. Should he be launching the ball 50 yards as he takes the sack in the double coverage? Hell no. But he's also getting gunned down. Um, you know, he's got a he's got a he's got a guy in his face. And you you understand in that moment why maybe Josh Allen rushes the throw and turns the ball over. The other two, you don't have any excuse. Like we went through those plays numerous times there. You you have you have just absolutely no excuse for him to justify the the turnover. On here, you got Quinn and Williams, one of the best defensive tackles in the game, in your grill. Okay, I understand making a mistake here because you think you have more time than you do. Because look, okay, he, he thinks he's got time. The routes are still developing. All of a sudden, you know, there's Quinn and Williams, and he is faster than hell for a big dude. I mean, it, it seems like once he's past the line, he's on your ass. So, you know, like, do you still want to throw the ball the half the length of the field in the double coverage? Hell no. But maybe on this one, you, that's one of those ones where I said earlier where you say, damn it, Josh, not a good look. You move on. The other two, I mean, you guys have got to be with me. On, and, and I don't know. I don't know what the argument would be otherwise. They were on him and him alone, and there's just absolutely no excuse for it. And not only that, not only were they on him for forcing it, but the most disgusting aspect of the, of those two interceptions was that he had wide open lanes to either run or throw the ball to two or three alternate uh, receivers on both. On the third and eight, he could have walked for that first down, and it was clearly right in front of him. There's no way he didn't see it. And then on the third and two, there's no way he didn't see Dalton Kincaid. I can understand you maybe saying he, he didn't see Latavius Murray or Stefan Diggs on the left side of the field because he was looking right. Okay, fine. But you don't have an, any excuse in the book to tell me he didn't see Kincaid. It was right in front of him. He passed up on Kincaid and threw it over him. Those are two picks that not only were they god-awful decisions, but they also were gifted. They also, on those plays, were gifted to him two or three other alternate opportunities that could not have been more perfect. So when you try to pin the blame 
like, for example, I know there's people who want to give more blame here to Dorsey than maybe I do. The 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 two games, the the two plays there. That how is that on Dorsey? The play sets up for the the third and two where I got like three open receivers, and then, uh, you know, on the other one, Josh gets out of the pocket and he there's nothing but daylight. So, I can't give the blame to anybody there, but, but Allen. Um, okay, this is the the fumble. I think no, this is the other pick. That is just, that is unfathomable. Let's find the fumble here. By the way, just watch this. I saw some people today saying, oh, Trey White's not oh, the old Trey White, and they were using this play as the example. Uh, give me a break. Watch this, okay? Please. Close caption off. Okay. Ball's in the air. Defend that better. He would have to have the wingspan of a of an oak tree to have stopped that. How guys, look at that. I got people on Twitter I'm reading today. Trey ain't the old Trey. Find me someone that can defend that pass better than that. Look at it. The ball. Look where the ball is. He bats it away. Uh, I just, I can't even. How good for him, man. What a play. That dude, he's good and he knows it. And, and he, that, look at, he, did he have the greatest game? No. I mean, he, he wasn't balling out like maybe he, he could have if Rodgers was in, that's for sure. But, hey, play of the game. Play of the game. And that's all anybody's going to remember. I mean, what a catch. I, uh, G- Jesus Christ, what a catch. Oh, my God. Oh, holy hell. That was unbelievable. And then, I'm sorry, once again, just to reemphasize, watch, watch this angle. I mean, defend it better. Defend it better. Anybody who's got a got a bad thing to say about Trey White on that, I mean, God bless you. I I, I pray for you because I don't know what would ever satisfy you. Early, I don't. Oh my God, what a catch! Oh my God, look at that D. Look at that. He doesn't even have his left hand in the air. His left hand is on Trey White's sternum, and he comes down with this ball. Look at this shit. Look at this shit. He doesn't, the ball has already been tipped to the ground. He doesn't even have his second hand free, and he still doesn't. Look at this shit. He still doesn't. That is on, that is unbelievable. What a catch. Oh my God. I haven't seen those angles. Oh, my God. What is it with this team? What did we do to deserve to have the best catch of the year? Because I, I, you're going to be hard-pressed to find one better than that, especially with the significance of it, right? The significance of that touchdown. You're going to be hard-pressed to find a better one. What is it with the Bills giving up every year the greatest catch you think you've ever seen? I, it's just, I can't even believe. What did we do to deserve that?
Oh, that was just sick. And you want to know what? How about this? The defense allowed one touchdown the whole night, and it was the best touchdown of the weekend. So, all right, I think this is where we, yeah, I think this is where we get the, uh, and you want to know the other thing that was discussed. You know what is just just vomit-inducing about this right here? Is that this fumble came the first snap after that touchdown. The first snap. Like, they didn't even get a drive started. The first snap on their own 25. The amount of opportunities. They, they were infinite. Not to mention they already had a 10-point lead. And Aaron Rodgers was not in this game. How many opportunities? Here we go. So from my angle. Yep. You know what? You know what? Once again, just to emphasize, I haven't watched these highlights. So let me tell you where my mind was in the stadium that I thought happened, and now this is making this so much worse. Oh, my God. So, uh, like I said, I'm sitting near side here, and I thought that Trent Sherfield, I thought that he got in the way of Allen, and that's why he fumbled it. Like, I thought the ball was snapped. My angle, it looked, it was kind of deceiving because you saw him fumble and it looked like when Sherfield made it this way, right? It looked like Sherfield either it hit him or he got in the way of Allen's vision and that's why he dropped it in that. That ain't, that ain't what happened. <laughs> that, that isn't what happened. He just dropped that shit, man. He just dropped that shit. Look at he's he's looking right at James Cook while he catches the ball. He just dropped that. Okay, fine. Picks it up. I. I. How? How is that possible? How do you fumble it twice in what, two seconds, three seconds? I've never seen anything like it. I've never seen anything like it. I can't. <sighs> I got to get, he had like full, he had like full control of it too. It wasn't like he just half-ass picked it up and dropped it again. He had full control of it. All right, I want to I want to see the punt return one more time because I had thought that I didn't love the punt and I had thought that. Let me just see here. Okay, so from what I could see, from what I thought happened, let me just see here again. 
the, it looked like the, the ball was punted on the far hash. I'm full. That didn't make a difference. Whatever. It didn't matter. I had thought, I had thought that he had kicked it outside of the coverage. I was wrong. It didn't matter. This is just an unbelievable play. He just, he fakes him one way. He, 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 this move, God bless this kid, this rookie undrafted. He, he fakes out an entire, an entire, entire special teams unit with that move, the whole team. Then he does it again right there and he's gone. So this is the other thing too, by the way, I want everybody to know this just in case you're still mad at Sam Martin for some reason, the game's over right here, folks. Okay. It's not over when he, when he makes Sam Martin look like, uh, you know, he's trying to put me out there tackling. The game's over right there. Over. Okay? Because if you have the all 22 angle, you'll notice there's nothing but daylight in front of them. And now you do notice. So the game was over right there. And if you think that Sam Martin making that tackle here okay, at the 15 yard line is getting the bills out of there with a W, then you're a more, much more optimistic person than I am. That'll go down as an all-timer. Remember how Deshaun Jackson pulled that off against the Giants? Well, you're looking at round two of that, and you'll be watching this till the end of time. Oh, well. Also, thing in defense of Sam Martin, don't get me wrong. I mean, as far as as far as tackling attempts is concerned, it was abysmal. I mean, don't get me wrong. But I also think he thought that he was going to run into him, and he makes an incredible move. Oh, my God. I mean, look, at, yes, the tackle attempt was terrible, but watch this move. I mean, it's a punter against one of the faster t- guys on the Jets roster, and he juked him out of his shoes. I can't think of it doesn't get much worse. I mean, how many times how many times have we said, you know, only the bills here. It doesn't get much worse than this. It's just it just never ends. It'll never end. Uh, it'll never end. Scrolling through your comments here a little bit. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, those of you who wa- watched um, this, those of you who watched on TV, it looks so much worse on the TV angle, like so much worse. And don't get me wrong. It looked bad in the stadium. This is like a whole, this is making me feel so much worse. All right. We're over two hours in the book. I know I said at the top of the show, if you were looking to feel better about tonight, I wasn't going to have it for you, but you've lasted with me this long. So let's end with a little bit of positivity here. I don't know how much positivity to take from this, but I think it's something and I think it's worth talking about. And I think I've also mentioned throughout the show tonight, the things that I thought were really good. I thought the defense was really good. I really did. I thought the effort was there throughout the entire night. I think Matt Milano is the most underrated football player in the National Football League. I think he should be a household name. I think he is 
unbelievable. I love that guy. Uh, Tyler Bass, I don't care if it hit the the upright. It still went in. That dude is clutch, man. When you talk about Tyler Bass, that, that, that mother effort has been on point. That guy has been... He has delivered from the day he was named a bill until last night. Tyler Bass has been consistent and phenomenal from the day he became a bill until last night. That dude is clutch. He's accurate. He's a killer kicker, man. I love Tyler Bass, and that dude has been phenomenal for us. Highlight. In a clutch situation, okay, I don't care if it hit the upright. It went in. Sometimes you need a little bit of luck. It was still on point enough to get in. That's a 50-yard field goal as time expires after your team just shat itself all night. He delivered. I thought Stephon Diggs was off the charts. I thought he was phenomenal. Doesn't get much better. I mean, he had more than half of Josh Allen's yards last night. Um, and then there were bits and pieces throughout that I thought were, you know, okay. I just don't know how much they stood out throughout the length of the game because of just all the other stuff that overshadows it. But I thought as far as things that did stand out, those were the things to me that I thought, you know, were, were impressive. Um, it didn't seem like the run game ever really got a chance to get its legs underneath of it. Uh, Damian Harris got one carry. With that said, though, I don't think they were ever really in situations where they were going to use him the way they want to. Like they weren't ever, you know, in goal-to-go situations or they weren't in any one-yard-to-go situations, and that's where I think Damian Harris is going to get his. James Cook, as expected, got the majority of the carries. Nothing special. Um, under four yards a carry. But he only had 12 carries. Um, you know, they, they, with running backs, they only ran the ball 16 times. Uh, and Allen, Allen threw it 41 times for a pretty weak 5.8 yards a throw. Sacked five times. It was just so bad. Bad, 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 bad. And Diggs didn't have over half of Allen's yards, by the way. He had just under over. I thought he had a bit more, but never mind. He had, he had 102. Allen finished with 236. So about half, whatever. What's the difference? Um, Gabe Davis almost non-existing yesterday. I, I they feel like that he didn't. I mean, they, they targeted Diggs a shit ton. 13 targets. That's, that's a lot. Gabe Davis only got four targets. Um, your three other primary weapons, and I understand maybe it's offset because Diggs had such a great game, but your three other top weapons weren't really involved nearly as much. Uh, you, you have four targets for Diggs, four targets for, excuse me, four targets for Davis, four targets for Kincaid, and four targets for Dawson Knox. Um, you'd like to see at least one of those guys get over that number, at least a few more than that. Um, only two grabs for, for Gabe Davis too, which is on the lower end of the night. It was the lowest for any of those guys outside of Latavius Murray at running back. Um, I do like the fact that James Cook was getting involved in the past game. And I wish they would have kept going with that. I think that they got away from that early on in the game. It felt like Josh Allen was taking what was given to him. A lot of which was included or was, which was including the, those, those short throws to the running back. I do like that. I think the more you do that, the better. It avoids this just 
this Chuck and Duck game that we just cannot see again. We just cannot see that shit again. Because I don't care who it is. I mean, you're not beaten. I understand. You know, we look at the schedule. You look at the schedule. You're not beating anybody like that last night. I don't know if you guys watch the Raiders Broncos, but like the Raiders aren't terrible. They're not great, but they're not like walking there and sleepwalk through it to a win. That's for sure. They, they beat Denver in Sean Payton's opening game who had months to prepare for it. It's not an easy game. And, and then the Commanders the following week, I know that doesn't seem like it's a tough game either, but it, once again, you play like last night, every one of these games is going to be tough. That's for that's for damn sure. And then it gets it gets tough. I mean, you got Miami who looked, I mean, oh my God. Their defense looks so bad. Let me just say that off the bat. Their defense looks so bad. The char- it was almost that game was a competition of who could play the worst defense, uh, Denver or the Chargers, or excuse me, uh, Miami or the Chargers, and uh, and Miami came out on top. But uh, with with that with that said, um, yeah, I've given my fair share of criticism and hate on Tua. That was that was something. He he was the star of the weekend at quarterback. No debate. Most passing yards of the weekend. I think tied for the most touchdowns of the weekend. Um, probably the two best throws of the entire weekend, both to Tyreek Hill, who <laughs> over 200 receiving yards. Let me talk about the positives, though, that I want to finish up with here. Josh Allen was terrible last night. Awful. The reality of the situation here is in week one of the NFL season in 2023, Zach Wilson had a better passer rating than Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow. Those three guys all lost. I haven't looked this up. I'm not entirely sure how to find a way to look it up and get the right answer, but I'd venture to say that it's been a long time, if ever, since Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, and Joe Burrow all lost on the same weekend of the regular season uh if it has happened it has to be an extreme rarity i don't know what it was about this past weekend this is the bills included but it's some of the weirdest football i've watched the one o'clock slate on sunday afternoon was abysmal i don't know if it has to do with the lack of these starters playing in the preseason i don't know what it has to do with but it was bad football it was truly bad football there were so many teams that just looked awful And there are teams that you would not expect to be awful. The Cincinnati Bengals looked like one of the worst offenses I have ever seen. They could not move the ball. Folks, Joe Burrow finished. You ready? I mean, you all know it by now, but this Joe Burrow finished with 82 passing yards and under 50%, an under 50% completion percentage. I don't think it's nuts to say that any of us could have gone out there and throw a, thrown 20 screen passes to Joe Mixon and had a similar passing line. That was as bad of a performance as you will ever see by any quarterback, much less a quarterback that just got the most money in NFL history for a quarterback, for any player, for the highest contract. They didn't score a touchdown. And they didn't score in three or four quarters of that game against 
the Browns. It was all around terrible. The team that the only other two teams that were on the level of that incompetency and that pure debauchery that you called football that they played were the Pittsburgh Steelers and the New York Giants. The Pittsburgh Steelers last year were a fringe playoff team. They were the best team in the preseason this year, and they were everybody's darling coming into this year because of it. They got their ass handed to them quite unlike you've ever seen. They had one yard of total offense just before the half. One total yard of offense. Brock Purdy looked like Joe Montana out there the entire game. Christian McCaffrey looks like undoubtedly the best running back in the league by a wide margin, 152 yards, and that was just on the ground. Brandon Ayuk also looked like Randy Moss, and I did not see that coming. Screw me, right? Had to play him in fantasy, which is hilarious because as out of all the guys that I thought was going to just bend me over and take me to town, it wasn't Brandon Ayuk. Uh, the Niners, to me, looked like the best team in the NFL significantly uh, this past weekend. But the Steelers looked absolutely abysmal. The Bengals looked absolutely abysmal. Those are two teams that many people have in the playoffs this year. In fact, if you look around, the Steelers are one of those teams that a lot of these hot take guys have getting into the playoffs over the Buffalo Bills. The Chiefs, I know Chris Jones is holding out. and they just signed him to a one-year deal. He'll be back, but I know he wasn't available for the Lions game. And I know Travis Kelsey wasn't available due to injury. With that said, the Chiefs still played very poorly in that game. Patrick Mahomes did not look like himself, in my opinion. The wide receiver core outside of Travis Kelsey was abysmal. And I think you realize that if Travis Kelsey can get can get uh, shut down to some capacity, which is much easier said than done. It's almost impossible to defend him. But if you can mitigate his impact on a game, you kind of see what the Chiefs are on offense when they can't get Travis Kelsey involved. It's not a whole lot of great. And it's a lot of names that not a whole lot of people know either. Um, I, I just didn't think Mahomes had his best day at all. He, he barely cracked 50% on his completion percentage too. And I know a lot of drops had to do with that, but it still didn't seem right. Just like Josh Allen last night, and I know it was a much worse performance. There was just something that didn't seem right. The same with, the, with with him, the same with Josh Allen, the same with Joe Burrow. Something just seemed off, and I don't know if we can put our finger quite on it. Thought the Jags looked okay, but they still had a real tight game with the Colts that not many people are expecting a whole lot out of. Whatever. The moral of the story here to me is that the week one overall was very odd. So despite how bad last night was, and it was abysmal, I'm going to have to give it some time. My problem that I'm facing currently is the last three or four games we've seen from these Bills have been exactly that. But at the same time, I have also seen some of the best teams in the NFL this past weekend look just so unlike themselves and so bad. And that includes what many would say the three best quarterbacks, not only in the AFC, but in the league. All three of them lost. All three of them did not look like themselves. And two of them, Josh Allen and Joe Burrow, had two of their worst games they've ever had not even close. So to the people who say it's a long season, it is. And it, and it, this is one that we will have to move on from eventually. I get it. But I have to say that to me, what reigns true more is that you had all the time in the world to prepare for this. You have a guy like Josh Allen who, you know, comes into year six here claiming that he's never been more dialed in, never more focused. And unfortunately that was the reason for the loss. And that is why this hurts so much. And on top of all of that, what makes it 10 times worse is that you could have understood going into the MetLife Stadium last night and, and losing to the New York Jets.
but you would never have imagined going into MetLife Stadium last night, losing to the New York Jets with Zach Wilson at the helm. No one would have ever have guessed that that would even transpire last night, much less be the outcome. That's exactly what happened. It's a culmination of a lot of things that last night uh, had within it that, that, that makes us feel so sick. I think it's the culmination of Zach Wilson being the quarterback, of Josh Allen's egregious performance, a few play calls here and there that just seemed so inadequate based on the situation, emphasis on the second and 15 handoff in overtime, um, the the punt return to win it. When does that ever happen? It, 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 is, it is an absolute anomaly. Uh, you know, the, having a 13 to three lead and just giving it away. Um, There's so many things last night that combined together to make it seem awful. I've also been on record saying in the past here, going into this season that the regular season anymore for these Buffalo bills, it just doesn't it, what, whatever at this point last night sucks, whatever get into the playoffs. And that's all that's going to seem to matter. If they play like last night, the, you can kiss the playoffs goodbye in this AFC. That's the, that's the harsh reality uh, of last night. If the offense is going to perform like that. And if Josh Allen's going to go out there and play backyard football uh, that consistently over, over this entire season, you can forget about it. I don't expect that to happen. Uh, I do. I expect to see this version of Josh Allen again at some point this season. Absolutely. Guys, it's year six. He isn't getting rid of this from his game. Josh Allen is always going to have that hero ball, erratic sugar high type football that has been an Achilles heel for him since he started. It's not going away. We are in year six and you could argue it was the most prominent it has ever been in his career. The first game of year six last night, it's not going anywhere. Um, but with that said, there's also going to be moments throughout this year where he'll do stuff like that. And it'll be the, it'll be the play of the game could be the play of the year, whatever. Um, I don't anticipate Josh Allen single-handedly losing the bills many more games. At least I hope not, because if that continues to happen, this team is screwed because how many games do the Buffalo bills have in their win column over the last couple of years because of Josh Allen's ability to single-handedly win it for them. If he's going out of his way to single-handedly lose it for them, these guys don't stand a chance. So that has to be corrected immediately. And like I said, I don't, I don't envision a world where Josh Allen's completely eradicating that from his game. But what did I tell you earlier? You get rid of two of those turnovers, the Bills still win that game last night. I could not be more of a believer of that. But he doubled down, tripled down last night on an all-time bad performance, and it single-handedly cost these Buffalo Bills the ability to go 1-0. And I hope, and you could tell, he, I've, he, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm sick and tired of hearing the same stuff from him, just like we all are. It's all on me tonight. I got to play better. We get it. But then again, though, at the same time, it's, that to me is kind of a double-edged sword because it's annoying to hear that over and over and not see anything different. But... What do you want him to say? I, I don't really know. That, that to me, it's where it's tough. What's he supposed to say? You're never going to hear anything adequate. It's going to make you feel better there anyways. Um, but I haven't seen him look that sick. I mean, his face, he, he looked like he just saw a ghost last night in that press conference. He, he looked sick to his stomach. And I could only imagine how, how sick he did feel. I know how sick to my stomach I felt. And I wasn't the one who actually put that on display myself. I can only imagine how sick he felt. You only have to hope that that sickness lights a fire in them and we don't see it again. But only time's going to tell. They have two examples coming up here that are winnable games where they can shine. But you need to understand the Bills are not going to get any level of respect 
reinstilled into them by anybody else until at least week four, probably week five, if they win both those games. No one's going to give a shit if the Bills beat the Raiders. No one's going to give a shit if the Bills are going to beat the Commanders. And frankly, I don't blame them. That is expected. The Buffalo Bills yesterday, before the loss, were nearly a 10-point favorite against the Las Vegas Raiders going into next week. They're now at eight and a half. I, I haven't looked at the line for Washington. I'm imagining it's something quite similar. It's not only expected for them to win, it's expected to, for them to beat their ass. So no one's going to put the Bills back in their top five of their power rankings if they win those games. No one's going to come back saying they're a Super Bowl team if they win those games. So get used to that. The Bills are going to have to eat shit after this game for at least the next three weeks. That's a guarantee. It sucks ass, but that's the reality of it. What they did last night set them back substantially in the eyes of how people view them. But fortunately for us, that's not the way the game's played. It's not played based on how you're viewed, based on how you play and how you get, you know, at the end of the day, what, what the outcome of the game is. So you got two opportunities here to go and win games that you should get that taste out of your mouth and get some confidence reinstilled in you. But this Bills team isn't going to have a lick of respect from anybody again, probably until week four when they play Miami. You win that, now we can get back to talking about this team getting back on track. It's going to take some time, though. Luckily for them, I think they have opportunities here that are set up in their favor. It's not like the Jets who have to immediately turn around and go play the Cowboys, who just put together one of the best games they've ever played against one of the worst performances I have ever seen by a football team and on their home field. Uh, poor Brian Dable. I don't know what the hell was going on there. I, I was talking to my Giants buddy during the game, and he was just praying to God Dable would walk across uh, the sideline and go tell Mike McCarthy to, to, to call it. That game was over after the first quarter. It's not often you get blanked anymore in this league, especially to that capacity, 40 to nothing. And you got to remember, I understand the Giants aren't the Chiefs or the Bengals or whatever else, but that's still a playoff team last year that beat a 13 and three Vikings team in the wild card. And they got steamrolled. This, this past week was an odd one. You got Jordan Love, who came in for his first real start with the Packers. He looked phenomenal. The Packers, who everybody has questions about, they put up nearly 40. The Seahawks, they come off of a, a, a dream year with Geno Smith and make the playoffs. They get destroyed by the L.A. Rams, who many people think are in a tank mode at this point. You got the Arizona Cardinals, who people thought might not win a game this year. They were up on the Commanders late in the fourth quarter. You got Baker Mayfield beating the 13-3 and last year, Minnesota Vikings and Kirk Cousins. Guys, I mean, I, I don't know what this past weekend was. There was a lot of crazy shit, man, a lot. And I'll be honest with you, another thing that really stood out too, the New England Patriots looked damn good. That first quarter was terrible, and they gifted, they gifted the Philadelphia Eagles 16 free points in the first quarter. Outside of that, they allowed nine points the rest of the game, and they were in that one to the very end. And if you want my opinion, they probably should have won that game. They gave up 16 points in the first quarter like that based on turnovers, dug a huge hole, and Mac Jones goes for three TDs and 316 yards in that game against a pretty damn good Philadelphia Eagles defense. And that was after a 16-point spot that they lended to Philadelphia. I thought, in my opinion, watching that game for its length, if you were to erase what we want, and I know you can't, but if you were to kind of block out of your mind what that first quarter entailed, the Eagles did not look much better, if all, if at any at all, than the New England Patriots this past weekend. There was a lot of crazy shit that went down. And I, ha I have to think you have to chalk it up to the fact that it was week one. I think there's a lot of 
weird shit that happens in week one because no one has a feeling a feeling out process. There's going to be getting some. There's going to be some getting used to type uh, period here, and hopefully that's what it was for the Bills. I don't know. I, I personally, right now, just based on what I've seen to end the year last year and last night, I I can't I can't be that optimistic. Unfortunately, I don't think it was just a misread. I'm going to need to see some shit out of this team for me to really start thinking that that last night wasn't like I said, there's, there's a lot of parts of last night that I don't think we're going to see much of again. The Josh Allen thing in particular, you know, I just don't think we're going to see that again. I, I have to think that. And he really hasn't given me a reason to think that the four turnover games. It's not going to, I don't, I just don't see it, but you know, playing down to your opponent and and just not capitalizing on opportunities, et cetera. We've seen this from the bills at a consistent level. Only time's going to tell. Luckily for us, I would argue the two other teams that the bills are competing with the most at the top of the AFC did not look the best this past week. And they also lost a lot of weird things in this AFC this past week. And a lot of the weird things in this NFL this past weekend. Hopefully this was just one of those weird things. Only time's going to tell couple more super chats to get to before we close up shop tonight. Gary Godshaw coming in. He's saying tight ends caught everything. I agree. And, and, I, and I think went back to my point earlier, only four targets. But I thought for Kincaid, he caught everything that came his way. I thought he looked good in regard to his route running and getting open. And it seemed like he was a good compliment to Knox, who both seemed to have a fair share of their portion of the offense. I agree with that completely. Cook looked good. You know, the, run, the running game in itself last night was tough to judge just because you couldn't get a read on much anything. It just seemed like as soon as they were trying to get anything going, the ball was either turned over or something shitty happened. I just have a tough time getting a read on much of anything outside of the overall inadequacies uh, of this offense last night, in particular with Josh Allen. It's really tough to hone in on anything else. But I think there were times where Cook did shine, especially in the past game. I'd like to see more of it. Um, runs were forced and were telegraphed. Allen turned into JoJo, the idiot circus boy from Tommy Boy. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I just I would love to know what was going through his head last night. Um, because like I keep I I want to keep emphasizing this because I'm a firm believer of it. We we are aware of the fact that Josh Allen can truly do some like weird. He can make some real head scratching decisions to say it lightly, right? But I don't think we've ever seen him do it that much in one game, especially when it wasn't warranted. I mean, you'd almost understand. Say, like, all of a sudden, let's give an example where Aaron Rodgers comes out yesterday and he plays the whole first quarter. And this Bills defense just doesn't show up. And Aaron Rodgers, after the first quarter, has, like, 160 yards and two touchdowns. The the Jets are up 17 to nothing midway through the second quarter. Okay, maybe you understand Josh just hucking it to the end zone a couple times. Would it still blow? Would it still be like, what the hell? Yes. But at least you could say, well, what do you want them to do, man? They're down 17, nothing. They're getting their ass kicked. Throw it up. That's what you'd probably say. Last night, it could not have been more farther away from that. And that's why it just doesn't make any sense at all. And we, we went, we went through and watched those plays guys. We watched them multiple times and we broke down the little aspects of it. And just when you thought it didn't make sense, you realize just how much, it didn't make sense. I mean, it's, I just have no words for it. I don't know. And all I can pray is we don't see it again because I don't know what was going through his head. I just don't. I, I'm truly, 
like I, 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 this rarely happens to me. I, I am truly at a loss for words on his performance. Dumbfounded. I don't have an explanation for it. I think just saying it's sugar high Josh Allen isn't accurate because that happens, yes, but we've never seen it to that capacity in a game like this. There's, there was something else. I don't know what it was. There's one more thing I want to emphasize, too. I've seen a lot of people talking about this, and I completely agree with it. I think if you want to go look it up, Dan Orlovsky put it the best. He did this on Kay Adams' show earlier this morning. I watched him say this, um, and I, I've heard this emphasized by multiple people, either through uh, tweets or whatever, just kind of trying to recap what they thought happened. Because I think a lot of people like us, even non-Bills fans, they watched last night, and they understand Josh Allen is susceptible to making a mistake. But they're, they, they are like us in the fact that that shocked them the amount of mistakes and the and, and how bad the mistakes looked. And uh, and so Dan Orlovsky would go on to say that he, if, if he's in charge, you know, he sits him down and he sits Josh down and he just says, listen, man, you know, it's year six. It, it's time to grow up. That's what he said. That's what he said. He's like, you sit him down and you just tell him it's time to grow up. And, and that resonated with me. I think we forget. And I think I am victim to this too sometimes. You almost forget that Josh Allen is like a veteran quarterback now. It's very odd the way that this happens. Your quarterback goes from the guy that no one even knows. Is he even going to be any good? And all of a sudden, like, oh, this Josh Allen kid has potential. Oh, shit, Josh Allen could be really good. Oh, my God, Josh Allen's really good. Oh, my God, Josh Allen's the best quarterback in the league. And then you're here. There's no patience ever. It's like one stage to the next. And all of a sudden, you go from – that to this guy is like a veteran quarterback in the league now. And Dan's right. Veteran quarterbacks cannot be throwing the ball 80 yards off their back foot, rolling out to the left side of the field, their opposite throwing arm, when they have 12 yards of green grass in front of them for a first down. Mature veteran quarterbacks cannot be throwing it into double coverage on third and two when you have two guys wide open to move the sticks right in front of you. And veteran quarterbacks cannot be fumbling the ball two different times within two to three seconds of each other on the same play on the biggest drive of the game to go and take the lead after you just gave up, gave it up the first play of that drive on your own 20-yard line. Veteran quarterbacks can't do that, much less do all three of those things in one game, a game where you, I mean, you are so favored to win that game once Aaron Rodgers goes out. It's it's scary. You talk to any, I mean, I can't I can't emphasize this to you guys enough. Every Jets fan around me last night, they knew, they knew what was happening. They just had to face the realization that they just lost out on Aaron Rodgers for the season, most likely, and then they then it hits them. How, there's no way in hell we're winning this game. They were all real around us, all good guys. I mean, they were real. There wasn't a, there wasn't a shot in hell they thought they had a chance there. And do you think anybody else did, other than maybe the most optimistic Bills fan or optimistic Jets fan or the most pessimistic Bills fan like my dad? Because he was spot on. Um, It can't happen again like that. It just can't. Because we've been over this. Losses like last night, and this is the problem I have at times with saying, oh, it's just one game or it's just week one. The problem I have with that is 
you know, you don't really have that luxury anymore in this type of uh, conference. You got, I think, you know, you, you did luck out a bit here with having the Bengals lose and the Chiefs lose the way they did. But think about the benefit that you would have had in winning a game that was yours to win when those other two loss, lose. You're already a game up. And you're also first place in the AFC East to start the year off. Now, you're last place and you're on par with everybody else and you got to play catch up. Um, in this type of conference with this type of competition, this type of talent, yes, it might be only one week and yes, it might be one game, but those one games, those one weeks are all the difference come week 18 when the seating is determined and the playoff spots are distributed. And so we'll have to wonder. We'll have to wonder how much this will affect us when we look back then. But right now, all we have to do, or all we can do, is look forward, hope that isn't what we see again. Um, but that's my problem with the one game, you know, one week thing. It's easy in the it's a cope, it's a coping mechanism. It's what makes you feel good now. And there's aspects of it that might be true, but you also have no idea if that one game is going to be make the difference or not. A lot of people today, I keep saying their big excuse today is, well, you know, they got their, they got rolled against Pittsburgh a couple of years ago and they made the AFC championship. I just think that was a different game. And it was also a different team. No one expected the bills to be an AFC championship team that year. They expected them to be good. They didn't expect them to be an AFC championship team that year. And you also have a more veteran version of Josh Allen now and a more established veteran, potentially better version of this team now. So I don't, I think, I don't think that that's the, the best comparison. I understand the, the, uh, the, um, the mindset behind it. I do, but I think this was a completely different game. I think this is a completely different team. And frankly, it was a completely different type of loss because they were playing against a backup quarterback in a an erratic situation where they had to scramble to fill in for a guy that they've been hyping up for the last six months. Just a bad loss all around. And you can truly put this one in the top 10 in all-time losses, regular season at least, for these Buffalo Bills. Um, Gary comes back in again, and he says, Josh was pressured on less than 25% of his dropbacks. So, you know, that's, that's the other thing, too. I've, that's a great point. I meant to bring that up earlier. Uh, 10th fewest in week one, he was not running for his life. He was seeing ghosts, no comfort in the pocket. I'm glad you brought that up because I also heard that stat earlier today as well. And I thought it was interesting because once again, back to my point, I keep emphasizing, everybody wants to say, well, you know, it was also equally as much of the blame with Ken Dorsey in the offensive line. And that's where I see stuff like this. And I watch the plays that we already watched. And I say to myself, eh, you sure about that? Kind of like from, uh, kind of like from, uh, I wish you would leave there. Sure about that. You sure about that? Because you're wrong, it you're wrong. It, it, it's uh, it was not an equal fair share of blame. It it certainly was not. You can tell yourself that to make yourself feel better. That's okay, whatever. I got no problem with that. But but don't make everybody else feel like they needed to eat uh, to believe that shit too. Because it, it's false. It, it is not a fair share of blame for last night, and it is okay to say that. Josh Allen would say the same. You're not going to hurt his feelings. He's a grown man. He is one of the best athletes on the planet. He is a what is it, multi-millionaire football player. I think it's all right to say, after all the love we give him nonstop, when he plays 
absolutely horrid, it is okay to say, yeah, yeah, I think that one was on Josh Allen last night. It's fine. I promise. Because not only is it fine, it's 100% fact, accurate, true. It is. And this is another point that I just think emphasizes that to the nth degree. You were going up against a terrific stout defensive line last night in these, in these New York Jets. And I thought throughout the game, and this stat doubles down on that, I thought throughout the game this offensive line held up okay, held up well, gave Josh time. Those picks and that fumble were not on this offensive line. The only one you could argue maybe was the one we watched earlier where Quinn and Williams was all up in his face. Maybe you could have the argument for that. But you're batting, you're batting uh, one for, for four there. Not very good. Don't make these blanket statements when you're batting one for four on the visuals because it's not true. And frankly, the non-interception plays and whatever else, like I said earlier, this Jets defensive front is so good, you cannot expect an average, maybe you know, slightly above or below, depending on how you view this Bills offensive line. You cannot expect that offensive line or any offensive line to just shut down this Jets D. That's just stupid. It's not going to happen. They're going to get theirs. But can you mitigate their impact on the game? I thought the offensive line did that. Josh Allen, on the other hand, eradicated that mitigation. And that, to me, was the difference. My main man, Bartek, he's coming in. He's saying, I'd rather start off the season like shit with room to grow as opposed to last season when we couldn't have looked any better and it was only a down, it was only downhill. Interesting take. Didn't think of it like that. And I kind of like that. This is a much different start to the year than last year, is it not? Last year, you have all of those expectations. And boy, were they sky high. And they were just, oof. I mean, they, they were unlike anything we'd ever heard as Bills fans. And then they come out and they just donkey punch the Rams opening night. And then they just beat the shit out of the Titans the following week. And I genuinely, I know I've said this before, but it still kills me to this day that I remember genuinely saying, were the expectations not high enough? Mind you, the expectations, it, you can't get higher than the Super Bowl. There's nothing else. It's the highest you can go. And that's what the expectations were. So, you know, you lose, you, you win those two games, and then you come to find out, oh, the Rams kind of suck. And, and the Titans aren't nearly as good as they were last year either. And, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh, my God, like, and the Bills can't catch a break here off the field and on the field as far as just all this wild shit that was happening. And it's like, yeah, yeah, man, they're winning games, but I, I don't know. Something feels weird. And then you get to the playoffs and you're like, damn, that was, uh, that was awful. So maybe there's something to that, Bartek, because I will say to those who do believe in the comparison to the Steelers game, last time that happened, they uh, they almost went the distance. So maybe there's something to that. Last one here coming in from Awesome LA. Josh Allen could be the next Carson Wentz. Oh, that's a hell of a way to end it. That's a hell of a way to end it. Huh? God, I, listen, I, none of us know. I hope not. You know, I think the God-given talent that Josh Allen has is better than Carson Wentz. I understand Carson Wentz was a 
terrific athlete at the time, especially the year where he was going to win the MVP before he got injured. But um, uh, I think we've also seen, I think the highest highs we've seen from Josh Allen far outweigh the highest highs we ever saw from Carson Wentz. You know what I mean? Like, I think that, like, the top peak we ever se- we've seen from Josh Allen, whatever that is, way more impactful and, and, and just overall wow than Carson Wentz. And I think the lows we've seen from Josh Allen, mind you, last night is the lowest of the low. And you got to remember this, too. I know we're talking about this like, the way we are tonight, and that's because it just happened. You got to remember too. There's a lot of team. There's a lot of amazing quarterbacks in the in the history of the NFL. First ballot Hall of Famers that have had games like last night, if not worse. So, as much as I'm going to criticize Josh Allen today, I'm not going to sit here and call him Carson Wentz. Now, if he rattles off four, five, six of those games this year, okay, yeah, all right, fair. But I can't do that after one game. Nobody can. How many of these amazing quarterbacks have had a game where you're like, oh, God, that was just terrible. And last night, that was it. It's not until you start seeing this repetitively. If we're going to find Josh Allen to lose us games, like where he's going out of his way to cost this team victories numerous times throughout the year, then we start having these horrid conversations that no one can possibly fathom. I'm simply not going to be... uh on par to do that after last night's game because I've seen too much good. And that was about as bad as it gets. Like I keep saying, it's only going to be a matter of, it's only, uh, it's only something that can be solved with time. We got, (laughs) we got 16 more games. Josh Allen throughout this patch of of time here, he's going to be able to write his own story. Um, and I know that whoever whoever said that here, L.A., was it L.A., uh, awesome L.A.? There's a plenty of people who probably agree with you, surely. I, I, I do get that. Um, who do I compare the, the, the QB performance, though, to? Like last night? I mean, anybody, find the worst, find as bad a QB performance as you want and, and compare it to that. It was like Nate Peterman-esque last night, truly. I mean, honestly, it was. But then again, go ahead and find the game against the Chiefs in the AFC cha- uh, Championship or the uh, divisional round and find me a comparison to that. Um, that, that's the weird thing here. I don't know. You know, I don't know. There just needs to be a more level headed level. There needs to be a more level headed consistency. I think that's what we need. Um, as much as we get on the team, right. And Josh Allen today, you, you still do have to remember that they have an opportunity to make whatever was what last night was disappear. They do have that opportunity. But I'm not going to sit here like a lot of people are. I'm not going to sit here and say that um, last night won't be indicative of what we see the rest of the year, as well as I'm not going to say that last night defines what we see the rest of the year. I don't think you can go either way on both. All I know is you got two games coming up that I think put you on the right track. Now, I will say this. If the Bills go out against the Raiders next week and lay an egg, you think it was? You think this was uh, on fire tonight? You wait till next week. But with that, I shall say, I hope it's a much different version of the smoke break next week. I hope it is back on track, and I hope I'm on here talking about not only a victory, but a dominant victory at that 
and hopefully we can try to find a way to put this behind us. Nearly three hours in the books. Spent them. Well, I, don't, I don't know what music's playing, by the way. Um, I hope it's the right one. I think this is right. I had phones died. Anyway, nearly three hours in the books. I needed this, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in with me. The therapy sessions are back. They're back a little too early. They're back way earlier than I wanted it to be. I was not expecting a full-blown three-hour, just full unleashed therapy session in week one, but those were the way the cards were dealt and we had to play our hand. Um, I love these the most. These are my favorite thing ever. That's why in season shows, I mean, obviously it's fun getting together in the off season, but nothing beats this. Nothing beats this. The winds feel 10 times better hopping on with you guys and uh, with you guys, with you guys and the losses somehow feel better or I at least feel better uh, as well with you guys. So um, thank you. And we got at least 16 more of these to come. But when I say 16 more of these, I mean 16 more smoke breaks. I don't mean, hopefully don't mean 16 more of these therapy sessions because I don't know if my heart can last even another three or four of them, much less 16. Anyhow, we'll be back here next Monday. Really hoping it's a different type of show, different type of vibe. Fingers crossed. Hopefully, you can get through the rest of the week. I'm rooting for you. Root for me, too. It's going to be a struggle, but we're going to do our best. We'll see you next Monday. Thanks again, as always. Much love. And, as always, go Pills. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands. And are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.